Coming to you from the last video store in the universe. It's Binge Movies episode 166. I'm Jason. This is the show that ranks and eliminates movies to determine which ones are most worthy of preservation for all time, even beyond the end times. On this episode, we rank the films of Peter Himes. Joe, we're going to be talking about Outland, 2010, the year we made contact, Running Scare, Time Cop, The Relic. You're Joe from Real Spoilers. I'm Jason from Binge Movies. It's me. We've been talking for two and a half hours before this episode. Even I know. We have <laughs> fixed. Hey, man, let's get this show started early. Okay. All of our personal problems, it didn't, it didn't all of our out. professional <laughs> fears. We've we really covered it all, you know? We did. We did. How That's do you know do. when you're not no longer relevant if you were never relevant in the first place? That's brother. Yeah. It's the eternal. When do question. you leave the stage when you weren't even supposed to be on it? I would say if Seinfeld has taught me anything while you're ahead, I never got it. That's ahead, the thing. So I'm just gonna... You're supposed to go out when you're yeah, on top. I don't know. <laughs> How do you know what the top is? Are we still climbing, Joe? Or is this as good as it's ever been? I, or it will ever be? Who is more washed? White male podcasters oh. or the MCU? <laughs> is it? A, can it be a tie? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> we gotta start. I gotta start putting after credits into my episodes. You know that, that, we got, that we somehow tie to put, into yeah, real spoilers. Like, tease, teasing who might show up on an episode at some point and then never pay it off. Never pay it off. I like not paying yep, things that's off. Been the most recent. Oh boy, <laughs> sort of, my debt collectors don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things that don't pay off. Superhero after credit stingers. <laughs> yeah. Well, they used to. Being they don't a anymore. podcaster. Yes, that is true. In our sex lives. Don't I get a lick? Doesn't Gil get a lick? Unfortunately, <laughs> it was it was so much better about six months ago. I got into podcasting to get laid. <laughs> yeah oh man you know you know that there are people out there that were just like ah, this is it this is my chance <laughs> i'm gonna do a podcast i'm gonna get oh i'm gonna be swimming yeah, in it yeah <laughs> easy rogan you ain't gonna be swimming in shit oh my god yeah i i, I gotta start selling supplements i think or so, like we'll just make up like a placebo and say no it, it i don't want it to something. be a placebo i want it to be something that can really hurt somebody <laughs> I, I, binge movies colonial silver coming to a health food uh uh chinese drop shipping <laughs> website soon. real spoilers energy real spoilers energy slash dick pills coming at you <laughs> at your local quick real trip. spoilers dick juice it's the first well, there's oh, blue chew trademark and that shit Re now real spoilers oh. could be it would have to be yellow because that's technically your color have to be a, it's a radio it's, it's a radioactive you ever them, um them trucker bombs you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes i have yes, you're I a man yes, of the law yes. as, I, yeah i know exactly as what you're talking about matt bosler says a bastard uh <laughs> 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 um guy do a spend more time with that man than more I as a bastard who's but you're on the road and you're out and yes. about uh do you see urine bombs trucker bombs out there in the wild no no i'm a city kid okay. so like we don't you know i'm, I'm inside no. the city so we don't really see the akron, akron ohio just um, outside akron ohio st trovan Ohio, littered with them you can't go more than is that you right? can't go more than two feet without a, seeing a tall boy of mountain dew 
to the brim <laughs> with. I mean, you got you got to keep driving, baby. Somebody's kidneys are in deep ketosis, ketosis man. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's a it's a tint of oh, yellow that, that doesn't, doesn't exist sense. in human. Like your kidneys are eating yeah. themselves. Yeah, but that's your color. You're wearing it right now, actually. But when you yeah. drink it, not yeah. only almost does orange it energize you because it's got 400 milligrams of caffeine in it. On a it's good got day, that's 6, half the thousand milligrams <laughs> of Chinese rhino we, horn, which is actually just Cialis when they test it in the lab. That's right. We just take blue chew and we just grind it up into each individual. What I'm saying is, and we just why it. should I have to chew to get myself hard? We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. And you will never go I blind. I ever want to go blind. They may have to fillet nope. me. And then that goes in the bottle for the next guy. That's why it's so concentrated. We're in ex Podcasting without was question built on underwear, mattresses, and dick pills. And <laughs> right. none of those fly by night mattresses companies where they'd <laughs> ship them to you, they're all being sold in, in brick and mortar stores now because the, I know sending you a mattress in a tube and let you letting you roll around <laughs> on it for 60 days, and then we're gonna send it. You, can send, you can send it back, back. after you show the thing. It. We was that a solid we, business. Plan. So what we do, what yeah. we do is here at Real Spoilers. No, we, we're here at binge movies. Uh, I don't know where take, the fuck you are. At. Oh, you're. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. I am, we'll we'll yeah. figure that out later. Uh, we will take the the your Casper yeah, mattress. Yeah, yeah. We will soak it in real spoil. I want Tom O'Keefe to sleep in the bed for sixty days before I ever even get into it, and then let hit let me know. Let Tom personally contact me to give me his personal <laughs> thoughts about these testimonial mattress. that you know remember tom's the shoes a little like uh, the little canvas shoes that you used to be able to buy that were like for every shoe you bought they'd send a pair of shoes to ethiopia oh yeah like yeah yep 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 i want tom's but my head i was like kids yeah, but that's i want right. tom's with their mattresses and tom lays in the mattress uses it up for 60 days does whatever he, he can do whatever he wants in it then ships it to to our People who buy them <laughs> with a personal review, you know, this, this, yeah, this kind of wire uh, uh, veers to the left a little bit. The alignment's off, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm giving you gold here, baby. I'm giving you a mattress business, a dick hardening business, <laughs> yeah. which is just another day for Joe. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's just, it's constant. It is constant. Very popular on grinder. And I, I, hey, buddy, you could clean up. I'm, I'm a hairy you dude. You could clean up. Uh, oh, you you think I don't know that? <laughs> you are a dream to people in certain communities. Uh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, yeah. Poor bastards would, would know. know. Just your calves no. alone, my God. No. Oh, they're yeah. ridiculous. They're yeah. ridiculous. My thighs, my calves. So we're yeah. resurrecting podcasting should, because we're bringing back uh yes. mattress companies sending you dirty mattresses <laughs> in the mail. We've got a uh, erection business. We're getting that back up and running, right? We're getting yes, that back yes, up. Yes, that's the plan. Yes. And then what was yep. the third thing that uh, underwear? Apparently, I'm getting on. Apparently, I'm getting on grinder. No, 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 no. Know. We're talking about what were the businesses oh. that podcasts were built on? Oh, oh. Keep up with the yes. bit. Yes. Uh, underwear. 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 
underwear. We tie that yeah. into the uh, grinder. You know, they're you're giving hey. away comic books through your Patreon, or you did for a while. I was, I'll send yeah, you my personal comic books now after the- I'm done reading them. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'll send you my underwear. Send me your personal underwear. Joe will send out his personal <laughs> underwear. At his Here's the thing, though. You have to podcast in the underwear. You know how oh, women well, women wrestlers will sell their wrestling now. gear after they've wrestled in it a bunch? Hey. To make money? Yes. To fucking weirdos on the internet? Yep. And. Hey, if if you're willing to pay for it, I'll fucking do it. Joe will mail you his underpants. Do you want the underpants he wore when he was talking about the Marvels or when he was talking about (laughs) Ghostbusters Frozen Empire in 2024? He will mail those. The 40th anniversary Joe Ghostbusters mantis at your door. (laughs) I won't shower for a week and then I'll wear those ruse. Get them cheesed up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get some butt funk in there. Have you ever thought about wearing ring worn gear or buying ring worn gear from any wrestler, male or female? Uh, I yes, there's a non creepy way to do it, like boots. Yes, I would. Cool. I would boots. love to have a pair of like Ricky the Dragon. Yeah, boots or machos, or stings, or stings boots, yeah. machos, or rock yeah, or Austin. RVDs. Or I wouldn't mind having an RVD singlet. That'd be kind of cool. That's not weird either, though. But when you start getting no. into, oh, well, like, yeah, you know, whoever. Someone else is Check. pissed in my seat. Someone's pissed in my seat. Is this how it works here? Yeah, that's, I've got, I've got a Ricochet t-shirt. Does that count? Ricochet, who? Heath. You mean Prince he, Puma? You don't know who? Yes, that's exactly who I mean. From uh, you being a mark to someone who I'm a mark for. I don't think I knew that I was until I watched these movies. Mr. Pete Himes. Yeah. What obviously I've seen all of these movies at one point I went or another. On and on and on about sudden death on the Die Hard knockoff episode because you should have. And I was like, you should have. I don't understand. And we've talked about this before, and we don't have time to do it today. Uh, I don't understand why people can't direct movies anymore. I don't understand why That's movies don't point. look like movies anymore. I don't understand why movies don't have blocking anymore. I don't know if you noticed that actors uh-huh. aren't blocked. I I I don't un- <laughs> I don't know if I didn't notice that until like as you go back and watch stuff from the seventies and eighties and even the nineties, it you're absolutely right. People like you're absolutely they used right. To like, okay, like, I we're gonna stand here and you're gonna be here and you're gonna do this because we're gonna move the camera this way and the camera's gonna come sweeping into the to the set and it's gonna move this way and so you're gonna be staying that way and you're gonna be doing this with your hands. That's called business. That's not blocking. That's called business. <laughs> and so you'll be doing business, but you're gonna be blocked here and then you're gonna move from here and you're gonna go over here and the camera's gonna follow here. If you're not blocking your actors' movements, then how do you know where to move the camera? So Correct. the reason why, uh, partly, why every movie looks, I shouldn't say every, but most standard movies look poorly directed now, or, or at least not uh-huh. memorably uh-huh. directed, is because... I think it depends on the director, yeah, but yes. memorably directed because there's no memorable nope. movement in the scenes. And then on top of that, the art of screenwriting as far as dialogue, I think is probably at an all-time low. I can't remember the last time I th- remember, you know, you look at the Academy Awards and you're, you know, the be- best writer, best whatever, best screenplay. And I couldn't tell you 
the last time I got excited to be like, oh shit, that guy wrote a movie or this person. I, we wrote don't a know movie? these people anymore. I would lo- Sorkin. Sorkin's sure. the one that is like the only one that comes. We don't to know. Mind, the, we don't know screenwriters like, okay, anymore because because there's, there's so, so many. many. There's so many. And I'm not saying that there aren't well written movies or well directed movies, but there you used to be able to go to a movie theater on any given week in this country from about 1970 mm-hmm. something till about 2010 something, and Mm-hmm. You, you may, and I would say you could probably do in the 30s and 40s as well. Probably not the 50s, but you could, you could <laughs> do it, um, and probably not the 60s for that matter. Man, maybe like mid 60s. Nope. Oh no, I don't know. You could get like late yeah, 60s. mid 60s. I think every once in a while you get like a cool hammer yeah. or something. But you could, yeah. The point is that you could go to a standard movie, not an art house movie, not a. This is a once in a generation director with this incredibly talented script. Like those movies still exist, right? Those 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 outliers, sure. yep. those festival favorites, those art house films. A twenty four. You know the the movie that is only available to stream on Mubi for two weeks in <laughs> July. You know, or you have to get right. a, uh, go to your public library and get a canopy subscription. So that you can watch it. Yeah. Like those those movies exist, <laughs> and those good. movies are still well written. Many of them and directed, and so forth. I'm talking about mass entertainments, movies that were made yep. for mom, dad, kid, who, whoever, to go to a theater and watch it. That the art of making popular entertainment that is also competently and expertly and creatively directed is gone. And it is gone. Somebody who carved out a niche for themselves was like, do you need a Ridley Scott, but you can't get him? Do you need James Cameron, but you can't get him? Do you need a John, need McTiernan, John McTiernan, but you can't, but get, you him. can't get him? Yeah. <laughs> Have I got the guy I, for I, you? I've got the guy for you. And it's going to kind of look like those movies. But it's also going to uh, be completely his own style. Is Richard Donner too busy? We got to dude. What I'm so glad you brought up because I did. I, so after watching Relic, well, we'll get to the Relic. Yeah, it's the last yeah. one I watched. We will, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like when you look at yeah. those, he is a highly skilled highly director, skilled. but he but he has no style, which means he can form to any style. I think that, that here's the thing, though. like. Like Richard, I, I like I Richard Donner. I hear what like, you're saying. Yes. Um, who like Ron Howard, who are guys who are um insanely talented directors, but you look at Donner. I mean Donner, right? Lethal Weapon, Superman. Uh, you know you can go on and on. I wouldn't with say like, they don't have style. What I would say is that they're, they're they don't have an overwhelming sense of style. To where it's like when you're seeing yes. a James Cameron movie, especially of a certain era. You're like, well, James Cameron directed that. Uh, the the person now right, would be Nolan, right, right, right? All of Christopher Nolan's movies oh, are sure. Christopher Nolan movies. You know but exactly. There are what you're these? At. I don't even want to call them workman directors because it's not right. They're above that. Jo- I would say journeyman. But they're above that. They're above the journeyman, but they're not the okay. great great auteurs. You know, it, it would be That's like fair. Um, when he was doing really good work, like um, Rob Reiner. Uh, Rob Reiner's a great Donner. Call. I think it's another one. Um, like yep. you said, uh, Ron Howard, yeah, is kind of that guy. Zemeckis is kind of that guy. Zemeckis, Zemeckis is that guy who, and then there's a guy who directed Howard Hawks. 
Howard Hawks is well, kind of the, the god, but he's the original yeah, yeah, version yeah, yeah, yeah. of like he. I can kind of do any whatever genre, any style. You need me to. I know what looks good on screen. Mm -hmm. And the more remarkable thing is, you know, there's a lot of, you know, to say somebody's a director, not all directors do the same function on a set because sure. Some directors are really involved in shot composition choices. Some leave that completely up to their um, cinematographer. Some people call them DPs or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, some are way more focused on the acting. Some are way more focused on the technical aspects, like a, like a Fincher, uh, I was thinking Fincher as far as like camera yeah, he's so obsessed with that. Sonny doesn't care about the actors, but he like anyone's ever worked with him, like he obsesses of like that apple in the far right corner is off a millimeter. I'm gonna yep. stop your acting to go move that apple. Like he, that's <laughs> yeah. what he cares about is the frame. Have you seen? Have you watched The Killer yet? Um, okay, me either. But then in the midst of all of that, you have this guy who consistently worked. His son, by the way, is also very good. Uh, I forget his oh. name, but um, this guy consistently worked consistently. It's like, I don't know that Peter Himes ever hit a home run, but he had a hell of a lot of doubles and a few triples in his life. He is a, he is the epitome of utility yeah. player. He's a bench guy. He's a guy that can come off to, the bench. Yeah. And we need to produce. get somebody on fucking base. The I got script. You. Not that great. Right. Nope. The budget. Eh, not that great. <laughs> kind of high, but but or like mid tier, but not like crazy high. Mid tier, yeah, mid tier. Right? We yeah, don't yeah, want. Yeah. We're, not, we're not giving you a tent pole movie, but like that next tier down of like we want it to be a hit. Um. Yep. And um. Uh. Will you also be the cinematographer because we don't want to pay for two people? Sure, sure will. will. <laughs> and he just goes. And he gets it done. And what? Yeah. And that's a great. And yep. and. None of these movies are necessarily highly rated, and we're going to get in the first one here in a few seconds. And if you take the script aside, the thing that you will notice mm -hmm. is that his movies are routinely populated. This is the other standout thing with intelligent characters. That's fair. That's absolutely and fair. I, I, I read a quote from him where he was like, the, the thing that was important to me about a movie was two things. One. It doesn't matter what the movie is. doesn't matter what the genre is. None of that matters. Because he also wrote some of these or had co-crediting screenwriter credits. Yeah. He, I think he's got he's some like, writing credits. Yeah. It, none of it matters. No matter what the genre is, it doesn't matter unless you care about the people on the screen. That So that is a Donner thing yeah. as well, right? Like one of the thing, one of the quotes that I've loved, to, loved up from Richard Donner is when he was directing Superman, he said, this movie doesn't work unless you believe in Lois yeah. and Clark. If you believe in them as a couple, then this the movie flying works. stuff is easy. And you got to believe in them. Yeah, that's it. You got to yep. believe in them. And uh, the fact that Peter Himes says that as, as well, kind of like chalks puts him a little bit higher in my that see, yeah, that seems catalog. like basic shit, but I think we've got it flipped around to where it's like, if I can get them to believe yeah. the visual effects, then I've sold the movie. And it's like, it nope. doesn't matter if I believe, believe the visual the effects if I don't believe the people. And so his point. Yes. It's the yeah, his King point thing. was like, I will spend more time with the characters than maybe the studio would want me to, or other people think I should. Cause he, it was a question about yeah. the pacing of his movies. Cause his movies kind of have, even if they're action movies they are kind of slower paced. Yeah. It's like, because he's that. building that time in with those characters. And then the other thing he said is 
And I also don't think that you can care about it, like really care about characters if you don't believe that they're actually intelligent and they're making decisions in the movie. And he's like, if you're going to spend time with somebody, you want to spend time with somebody who is intelligent. So I want my characters to behave like intelligent people. So he gravitated towards people who make like, like in this first movie, uh, Sean Connery makes smart decisions. He thinks before he does anything. And he talks about like, well, I could do this. And it's like, we don't have smart characters anymore. Even the two goofballs who are really scared are kind of bright. (laughs) They're the dumbest people in this movie, but they're kind of bright too, right? Like they're kind of witty. They're they're kind of. Well, they're the dumbest people in Chicago, (laughs) but the people around them are also just as dumb. Right. Yeah. They're the dumbest. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe the dumbest Peter Himes characters, but they're the smartest people in that movie. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, he wants you he wants to make movies with intelligent people um uh uh who are put in sometimes extraordinary situations but have to make difficult but intelligent decisions and then you put it mm-hmm. put it in there and you give so much style and so much substance and so much there's a grit to his movies that we don't get anymore there is they all look yes, real. Totally He's agree. very dependent upon natural lighting, except for in 2010, because obviously they're in spaceships. But all the rest of his movies, eh. there's tons of natural lighting, except for one that has no lighting, because it's, it is natural lighting. <laughs> there's a reason and, that doesn't have any lighting. <laughs> and you look at it, you're like, I, I think I said it on what the episode where the Sundown was like, I would give almost anything for 10 more Peter Himes. Did he become a Van Damme guy? He, 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 I think or he just, just did do the two. two. I think he just did Sudden Death and, and then okay. Time Cop, which we're going to talk about. Okay. Which are, okay. I, unironically, the most financially successful and most critically successful Van Damme movies ever. And it's like, because they got uh, a they competent both director are in my, and they look like They're both movies. in my top five of they Van Damme like movies. They look like movies. They don't look like... Hard Target, I think, is the best. That's John Woo. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. So okay, let's get into it. Let's get in into 1981's yes. High Noon in Outer Space, aka Outland, <laughs> which currently has only a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. In a mining town on the second moon of Jupiter, something deadly is happening. And this man is the only law. <laughs> You're dealing with grown-ups here. How do you leave? So I'm going to find out. They're right. Even in space, the ultimate enemy is still man. Outland. Rated R. Outland was directed by Peter Himes. It was written by Peter Himes. It's the triumph return of Sean Connery. Let me. <clears throat> sorry, Joe. Let me do this. <clears throat> yeah, did you get it? Get it right. It is the right. triumph in return of sean connery thank you so much <laughs> uh not seen since the days of the league of extraordinary gentlemen the movie that ended his career well, the movie he chose to end his career is like i'm fucking retired <laughs> that's true uh, that's, it could have been could have been gandalf but he said um, no uh triumph return of peter boyle last seen in dr doolittle it's a triumph return of francis sternhagen last seen in julie and julia she's the doctor who helps him the oh, rap. I got you. Okay, okay. Uh, May twenty first, nineteen eighty one. This film was released at a budget of eighteen million dollars. It only made between seventeen and twenty million dollars at the worldwide box office. Joe, I wanted you to write a one sentence yes. plot synopsis this time around. I'm not going to read mine. Instead, I'm going to listen to yours and I'm going to rate it out of five stars. Whether or not okay. I think it's a good one. So give me yours. Okay. 
old man James Bond is sent to the Nostromo to knock to clean up a mining facility and to find himself the target of a murder. Not bad. Uh, the presentation wasn't great. You stumbled a little bit there. It was not great. I did. I did. Well, I, I spelled something wrong. <laughs> I had to fix it on the floor. So um, <laughs> I'm giving it about three and a half stars out of five. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I, that's good enough. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Himes at his best, I think, captures the feeling and atmosphere of science fiction, of what it was like to read science fiction and what it was like to even like science fiction sort of comic books. He nails that. Yeah. I, I think it's because he grew up reading that sort of stuff. But like very probably, few others. Probably. I think he's a one. I don't know why he didn't get more opportunities to do more science fiction because I was well, the I was two okay. options. The, I think the two he, he runs does. that he gets here at it from a direction standpoint are excellent. Yeah, I think this it's weird because I do think that everybody was trying to copy Ridley Alien 2001. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. everybody's that's okay. Ridley Scott. Yeah, this, I, I dude, I put this in my note notes. Does this movie owe Alien? Sure. Does 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 Alien owe 2001? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Even if Alien is sort of the inverse yes. where everything was white and clean in 2001, everything's dark and dingy and you have like the the white yeah. collar 2001 and the blue collar Alien, they're in conversation. Right. One's a reaction to the other. So, um Absolutely. every science fiction movie owes everything to 2001 uh, a space odyssey. Um, yeah. Does this movie owe both of them? Yes, it does. Um, yes, it does. Stephen Goldblatt shot this one, though, not Himes. And he was the cinematographer for this movie, a movie called The Hunger, which is a very well shot movie, despite whatever you may think about it. Yeah. Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon Why 2, there it is. The Volcano, yep, 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 Pelican yep. Brief. Yeah. Goldblatt's, Goldblatt's Strip a big Tease deal. and Batman Forever and Batman and hey. Robin. Well, can't win them all. One out of two yeah. ain't bad. Um, if I had to rate this movie on production design alone, ten out of ten. Okay, they f- I would I would be hard pressed to not. They found a way to 10. put this is a great saloon looking doors. Did you notice that? At one point, I when did he notice goes that. Out out of the does, he, does station, he go in? Was it when he, they're saloon yeah, yeah, doors? Yeah, 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 but yeah. You, they don't look like saloon yep. doors because they're metal. But when you, I was like, they're swinging, and I go, oh my god. Does he do that when he goes to see the yes. doctor too? Yeah. Like, are there? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man. Okay, so this is a, one of those. You know, I Jason and I both are kids, uh, product of the eighties yeah. and nineties. VHS cover boxes were, were the. <laughs> yeah. We are old men, brother. My knee. I got to tell you, my knees hurt right now. <laughs> Not even lying. I'm yeah. just sitting here. Um, but like the 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 era of the VHS cover box was in full effect you could pick up the worst piece of shit you've ever seen in your life but if that cover box was cool that's how it got you after the fall of so New this York. movie fuck off <laughs> don't God damn it which just like somebody where did that i think that just got re-released yeah it's great I need to look i think it did yeah they okay the big apple oh god damn it yeah they baked the big apple all right god damn it uh um, I remember this yeah. cover box like vividly, and I, I I always thought that it was Sean Connery versus Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I thought that this was for the longest time. And as I was sitting here watching it, I was like, "Oh shit, it's a, it's western. a western!" Like this is a straight up. When you called it High Noon in Space, 
That's exactly what this well, is. Okay, it's okay. It, yeah. He, well, that's the history of it. He wanted to make a western, right? Okay. And so he went to the studio. He was like, "I, I want to. I'm going to write a western. You know, I'm going to make. I'm going to direct it. I'm going to write it." And the, he said, "Everybody in town, everybody in Hollywood was like, they don't make westerns anymore." And he said, "I. Yeah. He said like I got to thinking about how did and this this is our future." He's like, how did a genre that was so dominant for so many decades that was like every like every movie was basically a western, um, yeah, just completely disappear to the point that nobody was making them. It's a valid and then question. He's like, and somebody he's thought to himself, he's like, they don't make westerns anymore, but they make space movies, and space movies are basically just westerns because it's a it's a frontier. So he's like, yeah. so I, he's like, I recalibrated it. And I was like, he's like, I made the movie I wanted to make. He's like, I was heavily influenced by High Noon. And I was mm-hmm. like, which is a, one of the greatest the frontier, of all time. Instead of, you know, Western expansion, it's galactic expansion. It's in some stations. But I also think I, what, I, what I like about that is I do feel like in Westerns, there's no it's expansive yeah, yep, right yep. like it's, it's it's most of the time it is kind of confined to a small town but you can expand yeah. from there what i dig about this is it's not expansive it's trapped. Like, it, much like yeah. alien and it you're stuck like sean connery is just like you know and what i like about it is he is he's just trapped basically in this hell. basically yeah. right like he has yeah. nowhere to go he's got his little space uh, that now you know that becomes even more like a trap because his wife fucking leaves him and takes his kid. Yeah, like yep. in the ten minutes into this movie, where he's just like, "I'm really, so- you know, I I know you don't want to be here. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm just trying to make this work." And she's like, "Fuck you! Uh, I planned this whole thing behind your." B-. When he goes, "Hey, why How'd did you, you need tickets, tickets to yeah, blah blah yeah. blah?" And she's like, "Yeah, she's like, I don't well, know." She's like, "Oh, uh, Mary Mary yeah, Sue yeah, needed yeah. them or something. Somebody else needed them to, for a vacation or something." <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And then and then he comes back she's and she leaves him a dear John letter. Then her son left. Took the kid. <laughs> left him a, a dear John like, VHS video, basically. A dear's yeah, that's right, that's right. A a a, a three twenty you know, yeah, resolution VHS tape where it's just her she, head. But her explanation um, is basically like it's not that I don't love you; it's that our kid, because he's a he's technically a federal marshal, and he yes, gets yeah. assigned. Uh, a station essentially like you know a, a tour of duty and like you're you're gonna go here for this amount of time right. and you're gonna be the marshal here or whatever and so he's overseeing this this corporate mining facility but isn't this like he got in trouble like isn't not in trouble but like maybe he mouthed off to somebody and they're like by the way you're going to this shithole place now but, isn't that what i understand I, no did I miss that? I th- boy i didn't retain that but it, that's that rings a bell where yeah he fucked okay. up somewhere along the way or he pissed the wrong person off and so his yeah, whole yeah, yeah. attitude has basically just sort of been like, I just kind of want to like, because by the before his wife even leaves him, he's like a defeated man, right? He's yes. been dumped here either because he's yes. fucked up, he's done something wrong, or like, yeah, he mouthed off to the wrong person. So they've they've intentionally put him into this really shitty situation. And his right. wife is like, our our child has never been around trees, he's never been on Earth he's from there like he's an earthling who's never been to earth he doesn't like his son's like what's grass dad you know it's like it, yeah i saw snow yeah for the first he like time. doesn't he's never been on grass like and she's like this isn't a way to raise a child 
And she's like, it's right. not that I don't love you. It's basically that I love, I want more for our son than this. And I, which is hard. It's hard to be like, you're a bitch. Well, he does. Like, he does him on this thing yeah, by he himself. Even go there. Right. It's right. Just, Cause he's, she's, she's not no, wrong not at all, but he also can't fucking nope. leave. So it's, yeah, it's that's another reason why I tell. And then Peter Boyle is the guy who kind of runs this operation. He's the like, plant manager or whatever for this mine. And, uh, is, has basically been a god at this place where he just runs everything and he says we work hard and play hard yeah well i expected to work hard and i let i let him play hard which just just means utter fucking debauchery that's exactly uh, and that's what's going on (laughs) in this mining colony and it's like connery is just there to serve his time and not make any waves and be a defeated man and let them do whatever the fuck they want to do right except for the fact it's still somewhere deep inside of him. He's still a cop. Well, that's the, I think that's the, that's one of my favorite parts is he you're absolutely he does yep. not want to rock the boat. He just wants to do his time. But then th- this place is so fucked that he doesn't. He's like, God, he's like, got to do something. Now you're making now you're making me do this. Uh, yeah, he's reluctant like, almost he, the entire time, too. He's like, yeah, you're, right. you're putting me in a position where I have to actually be a cop. Right. Like, I don't want to be right. Do whatever the by the way, I'm a good but, cop. Yeah, but once people so start like, turning up dead, you know, and there's right. a very obvious fucking cover up because you want to allow autopsies. Right. Well, I think the was it the first one they were just like, eh, it was a yes. suicide," and the second one was like, "Hey, eh, took yeah, something because weird." These 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 people are going psychotic on this station or in this facility. Yeah, and they're in space and taking their space helmets off and or taking their suits off or yes. you know, their heads are exploding or they're like they're you know. They're, that's they're right that's chucking right. Yeah, themselves yeah, 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 yeah. off into the sun you know it's like they're going crazy like oh there's snakes in my suit and you know, like, like a little of yes, yeah there's people these people are yeah. like and there's like well we're just maybe working them too hard you know they're having psychotic breaks or whatever and he's like right. um he kind of wants to believe that that's just it and it's a coincidence but he's like run the labs he talks to his doc who's also a fuck up sure alcoholic like, i guess fuck up Who's right. like, are you kidding me? Like corporate doctors like me were just one stop ahead of uh, like a malpractice lawsuit or being arrested or something. Or lo- that yeah, was a good line. Yes, I, I like, like that. She's yeah. been there too long. She doesn't give a shit. She's just. But then, he, but then what I liked about that is much like she, Connery, she sees something wonky. She can't help and she it. She was like, well, not God damn it. Like, this is weird. And but yeah, and I do like that. Because they they um, run some blood. I think and they're the like, third, there's something in there. These that's people right. are being given a drug. Where where they the put fuck fire to it? Yeah, it where the fuck up. does a drug come yeah. from when you're in deep space, isolated? Somebody right. is bringing right, it right, in, right. and somebody is selling it, and somebody is benefiting from this. And he, what I thought was great is another thing we don't see very often is uh, he does actual police yes. work. And what I appreciate is they don't they don't uh hollywood it up it's him sitting in front of a computer being like okay well what if i type in this and like types in something and he's looking he's basically looking for um people that are working on this mining facility mining compound that have a prior history for drug trafficking so like it's just him going through people's records and i was like that's pretty and it, yeah and there's long scenes of him like going through like <laughs> shipping notices and inventory of like when did stuff come on the station yep it's yeah. the, uh, movies made police work look way more fun than it is. And trust me, 
And I, so not. that was sort of like the drag that like the why people didn't like this movie was because they were like, well, it feels like an alien ripoff. And it's like aesthetically, maybe has nothing to do with alien. So, I mean, nothing. There's not there's not a single and there alien are action in the sequences, movie. but it's like they're few and far between. Correct. A lot of them happen in space. so They're moving very slow. Yep. And it's really like a kind of a police procedural movie in space where he's like, it very much is. It's, I it's mean, downbeat. if you set this in, it's very downbeat. Mm-hmm. It's a depressing fucking mm-hmm. movie. And the real shocker. And I think people didn't get this. People didn't, they weren't accepting of it because at still at this point, I mean, I, actually even after this point, what Sean Connery was known for his 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 looks when he was a younger guy. I hate that dude was a but stud. he was known for his charisma. Yeah, and his yeah, dry it wasn't wit. so much his acting ability. It was this charm, like he's in this dry wit and this magnetic presence. All of that is stripped away from him here. He is a broken, quiet yep. man. Even when he has some kind of exchanges with the doctor, because they kind of have like a uh, uh, a part there is like a moment yeah. between the but two of them barely yeah. cracks a fucking smile he is playing this sort of beat down like gunslinger who's r- yep. r- rode in a town doesn't want any trouble but trouble came to him anyways and the thing is like i don't think anybody wanted that yeah. from connery in 1981 where is he so when was diamonds are forever? No, never, never say that never say die again know. Oh, have you? Did I miss those episodes? Have you done those episodes before? James Bond. Oh, no, let's go, like brother. It. No, we're starting no, Doctor no, no, baby, and we're working. <laughs> but my point is, I think he's actually very good at playing that. Yeah, so I think of you know, I, I think of his character in The Untouchables. But even he has that there's charisma there, he, though. Off, off the charts, the charts yeah. right? This is not and, that character, but. No, this is definitely more an, a more downtrodden, beaten down, um, kind of surrendering to his own life at this point where he's just like, yeah, man, like this is. Well, that's kind of his, the handball uh, court. That's kind of his speech to her a little bit when he opens up a little bit. And he's just like, that's when he gets into his history. And he's, and he's he says something to the effect of like, basically like everybody thinks I'm shit. And everybody, everybody thinks yep. I'm, I'm worthless. And for a long time, I've been worthless. You know, I don't, I don't know if yeah. he was a corrupt cop. There was something. And he, I think, I think that he wasn't. I, if I remember right, I feel like he kind of like you know mouthed off to a captain or a lieutenant or a, the chief, and was just kind of like, "You're done. Yeah, like that. You're gonna. I'm, we're not gonna fire you. Didn't. It's not a fireable offense. But you're also on the yeah, shit list. I, he's and she's like, because she's basically like, why? What can't you just let this go? kind of a thing and his right. responses were right. like i can't let it go because if i let it go it kind of proves everybody right about me or whatever and and, and maybe it proves yeah. me right about yeah. myself and i'm trying to like prove myself wrong that i'm not just like a, a a heap or a wreck or whatever also can we can we get a tally of how many racquetball scenes there are in oh, 80s man. movies or handball they love i feel like every handball. oh and man racquetball. Yeah. loved it they basically loved just it. yeah yeah um <clears throat> It did. <laughs> yeah. And so she's, and she kind of understands that because that's how she feels about herself. 
And it's like, that's what the movie really is about. It's about these like scenes, like it's after his wife has left him and it's just like him very quietly in very cramped quarters and his buddy coming in and going, you know, have you eaten today? Are you going to eat? Can you, do you want to come over? What sucks too. Yeah. We'd love to see you. But then at the same time, his Mm. buddy turns out to be a piece of shit, you know? And he, and it's, it's like, he's not, he's not a piece of shit. He's in on it, but he's made some bad. He's in on it. He's made some bad calls and now he's got to stick with it. And I do like that. Like that Connery is surrounded on this. There, I mean, he's the last saying honest that it, man it, it is, in this entire place. But saying that it is kind of like a purgatory yeah. or it is hell is something, you know, I, if you haven't seen Event Horizon, um, I highly recommend that. It's a shame that the director's cut will be lost to time and is gone forever. But um, it's kind of like Event yeah. Horizon where you're not really sure what the hell's going on in this ship. It's but bad. it's bad. Yep. And it's, it's not it, this one. Outland is not to that extreme. But it is like character wise, you have these. Uh, it, it's almost like the last yes. stop, you know, where guys that guys and gals that maybe can't get jobs in the real in the quote unquote real world are shipped off to this mining facility. You've got the cops that are on the on the take or garb, you know, not garbage, but are in trouble. You've got a doctor who's an alcoholic who, like she said, she's like, I'm a corporate doctor that's just patching things up yep. and hoping for the best. And then you've got Peter Boyle, who man, I love me some. He's Peter a Boyle. bastard in this man. He he's a but he plays he's he's one of those great great actors that can play the most lovable. He you know character using that golf simulator, <laughs> which I think While, is great. Like a mob boss, completely threatening yep. Sean Connery without without directly saying yep. anything. Until Connery yep. leaves, does something that comes back, and a guy's like, "You're fucking dead." You know that, right? Like he just—he's like, "Okay." And he's just like, all, yeah. "No, no more cat and mouse shit." He tells Connery, "He's like, you're dead. Right. You're fucking dead. You'll be dead by the end of the week. You're fucking dead. You're fucking dead." And, and it's, he and, means and, but he's, it, right? and he's all just like, and "Connery oh. knows." That's the thing. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's, there's the one thing this movie is very, very good at is the stakes are very real in this movie. There, because very much it's so. long character stuff, not a lot happening, and then some horrific death. <laughs> Guy gets his head like explodes. Some you horrific know? space death, <laughs> and then it's getting close. It's like closer and closer and closer to the point where, and this is where it's pure western, Joe. Instead of that train rolling into town with a bunch of guys who are coming to kill Clint Eastwood, or a bunch a row of horses come riding into town, and that's the those are the yep. rangers they brought in to kill the. High Plains Drifter. It's, it's the train. The, the sh- with the the, the monorail, monorail or whatever that arrives the early, yeah. and it's and it's yep. like the computer's going like early, early, early. The sirens are going off because like, and I you know what I liked about that is everybody yeah, looks at they it. know, and we're just like, but, what? But a lot of them know what is happening. Right? They're like, oh, yeah, and the fucking doors open, yep. and there's just like a professional mercs get off, and everybody's just like <laughs> pretend they're not seeing anything. He is alone yep. on this fucking space station. When he looks at when he looks at those people in I don't even know who those people are supposed to be, uh, in like that lunchroom. Yeah, and he basically says like "fucking cool, I'll do it myself." Like, somebody's like, "Well, what about your men?" And, he goes, "My men are shit." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no! Does he say shit? No. Or does he, he's, 
Does he say no. dead? Because the partner no, is dead at that point, right? But he, d- he says okay. it like he's like my men are shit. Like he's like I'm f- I'm just yeah. me, man. Nobody lifts their finger to me. help this and yeah, guy I, as this battle. The is one going guy's on like, yeah, you're supposed the to space station. He says like, yeah, you're supposed to protect yeah. us, and he's just kind of like fucking yeah, cool, he, man. And then the one guy that they that you do think is kind of on his side, obviously, he, is not. He's and been the fucking plant. The he's the inside man the entire time. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why in the, in the, it is slow and it, it is. It, yeah. I don't know why it's rated so low. Cause I, to me, you know, maybe we're, you're there. Were, we were just getting too many of these sort of sci-fi movies. I think, I think it gets rated low because it is Sean Connery on yeah, the decline. That, no, I don't true. mean that in, in a bad way, but he is yeah. at that point yeah. in 81. It is derivative of 2001. It does look like. And even High Noon, even I High Noon is probably I, fresher in the minds of adult film critics at that time, right? So they're oh, like, sure, I've sure, seen sure. this. I've That's seen legit. 2001. I've seen Alien. I've seen High Noon. Right. Wait, what year was 76? Alien? Oh, you're right. I was the. Is Aliens 81? Aliens is 86. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I was just thinking, like, I, is, but yes, that is alien. How do I not know that? You always ask know. me this stuff, and I could have told 79. <laughs> I, I could have told, okay, I, like, any other time I could tell you this shit, but when I'm on mic, I'm like, I can't remember a date. <laughs> I um, don't know. Yeah, 79. Um, so I do, I do think that, you know, and critics, I, you know, I am not a huge fan of, um, professional critics there's a lot that i think take things way well You're the I, mean, version I think they of take that things today, way too though, seriously right? like, yeah i have a show called of, real yeah, spoilers where you review but movies. I, but i but i don't take things like as serious you know when when siskel and ebert tear apart a friday the 13th movie it's like what did you what did you think it was gonna you're going to a friday the 13th movie what did you think That's you were gonna you get hard on for so, uh, uh Friday I do the fuck them people. Oh, I thought you meant no Siskel and Ebert, but I also yeah. Real spoilers, um, dick juice. Yeah, <laughs> coming at you, baby. Uh, I but yeah, I think that people were movie critics at that in 1981 were the gods. They were the end. They could make or break your that, film. That's true. And there was nothing you could yeah. do about it. Right, if if Gene Siskel, or no, I'm sorry, Gene, Gene Shalit, or yeah. you know, Gene, yeah. you know, Siskel Vincent and Ebert. Canby, if Siskel and Ebert gave your movie a Pauline oh, Kale. Look at you, look at you. Yep. Yeah, if I mean honestly, if Siskel and Ebert give your movie a bad review, you're fucked. Like, Anyone you're they dead in the water. Quite that like, powerful, but they would be by the end of the decade. But it was still, you're you're right. The words okay, of critics okay. still carry a lot more weight. Yeah. Yeah, then I, then they do now. I just and think I don't con- mean that. I think, in, you're in, getting, I think your first point was was probably more salient is the fact that like, okay, seventy nine to eighty one, not not a big time jump. So what if this really yeah. hugely popular movie comes out and then in the next three years all you see is clone after clone after clone? We have enough distance yep, to look yep, at yep. it and go, it's not actually an alien clone. It really isn't. Nope. It does look it like it, looks, but they're, it's not. They're blue collar people in space, and part of it kind of looks like two thousand and one. But 
but and high noon is 50 60 years ago now or 70 years ago so we're like yeah don't care as much about high noon so it's in a different context for us and in the context of they don't fucking make movies like this anymore movies don't that look is like true this. and that is a shame movies made for adults where people just sit and talk and think and there's action and there's mystery and there's intrigue yeah uh that's not based on an ip this is the this, go- this, this is, is a this, this is, is the a template best. of a movie that we, that I don't think will ever exist again, probably. So no, because of that, no. To me, it's a seven out of ten. It's my number four for the week, but and I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not recommend it. Uh, it is my number three for the week. Uh, uh, and I, I was, I was hovering. I couldn't. I was hovering around like a. I'm gonna give it a. Can I do like? 5.75 you absolutely can then i'm gonna give it a 5.75 i think there's a lot here that i like uh i think it's a pretty i think it's it's a movie that needs to be seen yeah, yeah. uh 100 um but i there are some others on this list that i that I he's got better hire. movies yeah he's got better yeah. movies on this list Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to a movie uh, that ha- was basically had no shot of being successful whatsoever. And that is oh. 2010, the year we made contact, which came out in 1984 and currently has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. In the very near future, a small group of Americans and Russians set out on the greatest adventure of them all to see if there's life beyond the stars. Something's going to happen. What? Something wonderful. 2010, the year we make contact. Rated PG. Starts Friday, December 7th. This film was also written and directed by Peter Himes. It is the triumphant return. It's the triumphant return of Roy (laughs) Scheider lasting in Blue Thunder. There is no self-gratification via tantric yoga in this movie <laughs> uh it's also <laughs> trying return of helen no. mirren from that same episode although she was an excalibur oh, and my god helen mirren well okay helen mirren to this day is stunning even with the glaucoma. stunning even with the glaucoma. don't care macular degeneration makes it easier. i gotta tell you it makes it easier for me osteoarthritis yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, it's also the return of John Lithgow, and I cannot place where I've seen John Lithgow. Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, I haven't done that movie. Uh, I know he's been on the show. Pet Cemetery. The remake? Haven't done it. Oh. Haven't it's done Raising Kane. Uh, oh, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Haven't done, haven't done. Was he in Was he in another De Palma movie? Haven't done Dawn of the or, Planet of the Apes. Or Rise of the Planet. Is he in that? He's the dad with Alzheimer's. Oh, he is the dad, man. John Lithgow. Yep. There's a lot of good actors in this movie. A lot of good actors in this movie. The film was released December 7th, 1984. On a budget of $28 million, it only made $40.4 million, which actually isn't bad. No. And back then, that was enough for it to be the 17th highest grossing film in North America. But in 1984, what else comes out in 84, right? Gremlins, Ghostbusters, yeah. Temple of Doom, everything. Yeah, there's a like there, that was a huge, huge summer. So, um, yeah. So this was this it was a successful film, 
but it was continuously and i think to this day gets derided because it's not kubrick's 2001 himes knew that ahead of time though contacted stanley kubrick and said i got the opportunity the studio wants to make a sequel because there were more books in that series by uh oh were there arthur c clark yes okay and so he's like they want me to do it they want me to do it based on 2010 the book series i think it's 2001 2010 and 3001 something like that they they jump a thousand years in the future and he's like i don't want to do it because he was like I can't out Kubrick Kubrick is what he said. So he calls Kubrick and he's like, I can't out you, you. So if you don't <laughs> give me the blessing to make this movie and make it the way I would make a movie, I'm not going to do it. And, sure. and Kubrick was like, make your movie. I don't care. Make your movie. I completely support it, which is great on his part. He's like, yeah, doesn't really it, you won't affect I mean, mine. Especially coming from Kubrick. Yeah, you do. That's true. You won't. Yeah, it doesn't really change. You do. You. I guess it does. It changes it a little bit. They, well, but it is they, this is they kind of play fast and loose with the events of the first film, and they play a little yes, fast and loose yeah. with like the oh my god, it's full of stars and all that sort of stuff, which is not dialogue. Which I gotta tell you is film. is, but that but you wouldn't know it. <laughs> it is so haunting. It is. My God, it's full of stars. Oh my God! Like I got goosebumps just like just thinking about it. It's a great bridge from 2001, uh-huh. which is like weird and trippy. So this one's just uh-huh. a little bit more grounded. It only has that one moment of true weirdness when Dave shows up it's, again. Yeah. Um, and so I the secret sauce of this movie is Himes after he got Kubrick's blessing contacted Arthur C. Clarke, and they oh, okay. basically co-wrote the script together. But Himes got the okay. screenwriter credit, and and he would send Arthur C. Clarke what he had written the pages to get his feedback. Okay, and they okay. tried because honestly they almost kind of doctor sleeped it because the movie Kubrick's movie is so different than the book in a lot of key areas. Oh, so you think that Himes went through and like gave this the like the true ending? Well, so it was what, not the true not ending, the true but ending, like but a, where this this movie is sort of a sequel to the movie, but also it is the book. And the book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's trying to marry both of those things. Himes is oh. in LA. Arthur C. Clarke is in Sri Lanka. It's nineteen eighty three. How is he okay. sending him pages, do you think? Oh shit. I mean like Messenger Pigeon? I don't know. Um they were using the earliest version. I was going to say email. there's got to be like a fax, no. a fax or an email, email or something in 1983, like 1983. So what does that even look there like? There were specialty computers called K Pro 2 computers that had direct dial modems. And so he could directly dial his computer to Arthur C. Clarke's oh. computer and they could communicate that way. That's crazy. And it is believed that this is the first film that was ever completely written electronically. Without a key, without a typewriter. I was like, oh God, this is how it started. Yeah, this is Fucking where we're AI. at. And the, and the at. correspondence with each other, because it was such a novelty at the time. They're and they were and they they'd write these like kind of quippy, witty notes to each other. Yeah. They turned that into a book in 1984 called The Odyssey File, I think. Um Oh, okay. Okay. I don't even know if that book's still in print, but um and one of the changes between the books and the movie is um I don't know if you know this, but the, the character's name is Dr. Chandra, which is uh-huh. an Indian name. That's, I, <laughs> and Bob Balaban <laughs> is playing him. I think somebody else plays him in 2001. It's a white dude. 
yeah. Yeah. When they when they say his name, it's Bob Balaban. It's like, well, that's not at least it's not Fisher Stevens. At least it's not Bob Bob Balaban and Fisher <laughs> Stevens makeup. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's correct. Right. That's Which right. Like, that's ah, right. he's a white guy, but he's got to leave it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you know, were say something though before I cut you off. Well, I I've in my in my movie um, education, I have come to kind of love Roy Scheider. Dude, he's another like this is a, this is just two old guys going. This doesn't exist anymore. Roy, there are no more Roy Scheiders. The kind of handsome, Brody, but kind of older, kind of beat up a little bit. But got like, but could just kind of play anything except for the Blue Thunder. He he's not cast. He's not the right guy for. But Blue so Thunder. I mean, he but he's the he right is, guy for this. Absolutely, he is. Absolutely, he, he is. He fucking he kills it in this movie. He fucking rules. He rules he, all the time. You want, you want a controversial take? He uh, might. If you say he's better than Brody, he might be better in this movie than he is. No, because no, he's a little no, bit no, older. No. no, no, no. He is a little bit older. I buy every fucking thing he says in this movie. Yep. When he, he has that smug charisma, mm-hmm. but it, it's not, it doesn't read as asshole. It reads as intelligence and proficiency. And th- that's the, that's the perfect way to put it. I think him as Brody is, I, I can, I will never. He's very good as Brody. In, okay. I will know that scene when he is. Why don't you come down here and chump some of this shit? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. throwing it off the boat, and the jaws pops out of the water, and he stands straight up yep. and just like walks backwards. That like I know that those two lines from that movie get you know they, they get played yes, all the time. Yes, yes. But what they don't say is the way how perfect he reacts yeah. and how he realizes when he's <clears> talking <throat> to Quint that we're fucked. The problem we are. Fucked on this boat. I 100% agree with you. And he's fantastic in that movie. The problem is he's in that movie with where you have Quint delivering that fucking speech. And you even got uh, Hooper. Hooper. And when the three of them are together, it's great. But they start to blow him off the screen. They do. And he starts, which is, I mean, which is something I normally wouldn't say about Richard Dreyfuss because I'm not a huge. No, I'm fan. not a big. I don't think Richard Dreyfuss but, has ever blown anybody off the screen. But in Jaws, <laughs> when he shows up, he's out acting Scheider at parts yeah. of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Helen yeah. Mirren is going toe to toe with him, and John Lithgow is doing a great thing, and his relationship with the Russian, and when he the guy dies, and oh my gosh, all of it. I think, it's, but Roy it's Scheider, very, this movie is on his fucking shoulders, buddy. Yep. And he doesn't flinch. With like, that like whole opening scene with the Russian doctor. Movie. That is great oh shit. Oh my God. It's I you know, I think real spoilers covered this. But it feels and I completely real, forgot about though, it. Right? It feels it all feels the dialogue very feels like real people. How yeah. real people talk. It this is not it, what's so weird is that to me this almost feels like Halloween three. Where like it's this weird yep, outlier yep, yep, yep. that doesn't fit into the Halloween franchise at all, right? Yep. Where this is a sequel to 2001, but this does not feel like 2001. Except for those moments, right? All. Where it gets into the kind of I don't call it supernatural. When when he see when he into, sees Dave, yes, right. You know, then it's like okay, the, I could see a little Cooper going on here that isn't Doctor Manhattan, but that's where it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it hadn't been written. Dave, it hadn't been written yet. Yeah, well, buddy, 
yeah. Dave bonding with the monolith, but coming back, but he's mm-hmm. Dave or Dave's but he's, memories. But, but he's, he's but he's but he's one version of Dave. Then but he's, he's a baby. Dave's, then he's the old man Dave. Time, but he's also a space baby. But he's also that's Doctor Manhattan. I don't I don't give a yes. what that fucking guy says. He stole that from yes. these couple movies. Everything that was in uh, uh, the novel that then Kubrick takes and makes this weird psychedelic completely altering the course of film history movie big time yeah but that is almost more of an experience than it is it starts off very legibly but it it eventually goes into this sort of acid trip and it doesn't bother to explain itself at all it's all it's like what if all those same elements are in this fucking movie but they're it's, done in a more grounded way. They're done in a more, but also you could almost say pedestrian way. All that cosmic, yeah, this, weird, mystical shit is still here. But this doesn't feel as cold. No, two thousand two thousand one oh, is a cold movie. Most of his movie, most of Kubrick's films are for sure. Yeah, that's true. But this one feels, yeah. you know, you are with Helen Mirren. Yes, you're with Roy Schneider. Yep. You're with Lithgow. You're with Balaban. You're with everybody. And like you're invested in these, even the characters feel more human than Dave ever did. Yes. In, in 2001. Yes. And I think it's just, it's like just because Himes chose to do that, it makes this movie feel. Well, and when I compared it to Halloween 3, it's like, I just wonder if they hadn't called this 2010, like if they had called it. Uh, you know, the well, year once we made Dave contact. Shows up, you... <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah you're just like, well. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, honestly, though, the scenes of when he Doctor Manhattan's himself to his fiance, who went on to or girlfriend or whatever, who went on to marry somebody else, have kids with somebody else. I was thinking about that scene where it's like that's a good scene, and then with his mom, it's a very good. Where scene. he's brushing yep. her hair and she's in the coma, she comes straight out of the book. Um, yep. And then, like the look on her face, and then she dies with like yeah, clutching the brush. Like, holy yep. shit! And that's weird shit, though. When he's like, kind of got that. It's weird very weird TV, shit. <laughs> and he's like, you know, is, are she's like, are you Dave? And he's like, I think I once was Dave, or whatever he says. In some, in some ways, in some I ways, am. Yeah, yeah. I'm, in some ways, I'm what's left of Dave, or something like that. And yeah, she's like, it's it is it is also weird that like he's like, are you happy? The whole. Oh, you know, man. and she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Is he a good man? Does he treat you well?" And she's like, "Yes." And he's like, "Do you have children?" Yes. And he's like, "Good." Like, and she says, "He says something like, like, like Dave would want you to be happier, or I would want you to be happier, something." And he's like, "I have to go now." It's just so. I don't strange. think does he ever refer to himself as Dave, or do people just call him Dave? I think he's. I don't he think he does. I don't think he does in such a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. It, well, it's funny when, to watch when, this. When he's like, when when he's talking through the computer, and he, and how's like, this message isn't coming from like on board the ship, and but it's also not being sent to us. He's like, how does it make any sense? Where the hell is it coming he's from? He's like, I know. I don't know. I was like, I know it doesn't make any sense. He's like, well, then where the hell is the message coming from? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, uh, that's that's creepy. He's like, it's creepy, and he's like, <laughs> the calls are coming from inside the he's house. Like, Tell whoever it is that I'm gonna need more evidence than that or whatever. And yeah. then he's like. He says something like, like, look behind you. Oh, man. When he says Whoa, look behind you. So here's, the, here's the thing. 
I'm I'm almost That's like I'm like ninety. Creepy. Yes, I was, I'm like ninety percent. Like, I'm not turning that fucking chair around. Uh, I'm sitting my ass. I'm gonna close my eyes real tight. Yes, I'm a I'm gonna put myself to sleep. But I'm like ninety percent sure that we covered this on real spoilers during lockdown because we were doing misbegotten sequels. Um, misbegotten yeah. sequels. But I didn't remember any of this. Like I remember the movie, yeah. and but I, man, I don't remember feeling like the, absolutely right when he says turn look behind you i would in my head i was like no nope. mm. <laughs> mm. no we're in mysterious messages that the ai is like i don't know where the fuck this is no coming from. thank no, you this is coming from a pot uh, some other dimension i'm like <laughs> shit i don't give a fuck i'm not turning around i got a giant monolith out there that's that's uh blowing up not cosmonauts. just once Oh, that, Not just that, one monolith. We've got a shit ton of yeah, them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck. And I do think it is. It's interesting to watch this movie in 2023 with the political climate that we are in right now. Oh, bro. Where, yeah. Where the Russians are like, look, you're only here to help us. Oh, okay. Here's a little fun little Easter like, egg. So when he, when we go to the hospital and it's Dave Bowen's mom, right? Yeah. There's a yeah. nurse and she's got Time Magazine in front of her, Newsweek or something. And it's, okay. it's all about like the Cold War is about to go nuclear and World War Three is going to start. Right on the U.S. president. I don't know if who's who, but there's the U.S. president and there's like the premier of Russia or the USSR yeah. at the time. Um, one of them's Arthur C. Clarke, the other one's Kubrick. Oh, is that yeah. right? <laughs> oh, that's he fun. got them to dress that's, up. That's cool. Like, yeah, that was like the Easter egg of like that's pretty good. Is, that's pretty this good. Is their ship, you know. But basically, you know the. You've got a Russian team and an American team, and on the American t- on the American team, it's it's Sh- it's Schneider, 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 Lithgow, and Balaban. On the Russian side, you've got Helen Mirren yep. and then three other guys. Because anytime Helen Mirren's on screen, you're like, I'm just looking at that woman. And isn't the other guy Lord. the? Is he the landlord in the Spider-Man movies? The Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies? I think he is. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Dead. Yeah. yeah. You've, yes, you yes rent once you see yeah once you see him you'll know who he is yeah you'll know exactly yeah. and, that, and that's lithgow's buddy like yeah. that they they kind of and and then because so Lithgow is the only one who knows the discovery because he helped like design it or whatever correct so balaban is the creator of how they have to get the derelict ship from 2001 yeah f- get the flight recordings and figure out what happened to the crew and what's going on on the moons of jupiter what the fuck is going on out here also, this guy loves Io. Yes, he Peter does. Peter Himes loves yes. Io and Chicago. Yes. Like those are the two things that like come to mind in this movie. Uh, and Balaban uh, was, was the creator of Hal. And so correct. we got to get Hal up and running again because all that memory is stored in Hal. So we won't right. know what happened to the crew and we won't be able to fully operate the ship unless we get Hal back in line. But there's a chance that we think how maybe went psychotic up there. And yeah, there's I think, a chance if yeah, we I think turn that back robot on, killed everybody. <laughs> right. There's a chance if we turn back on and he's malfunctioning, he'll kill us. Right. So that's baked right. into it. And then right. um, Roy Scheider is playing a character who was in the first movie, but it was only, I think, by name. And he's the oh. whatever their equivalent of NASA is that sent Bowens and his partner on the mission in the first place. Mm-hmm. So he feels mm-hmm. personal responsibility for the catastrophe. Figure out what happened. So he's like, happened yeah, we got to figure out this mystery. And they're being sent with the Russians because the Russians have invented a new space drive that'll get them to this to, to the discovery faster than the Americans. Faster. And the Americans right. do do not want 
because we're like this the cold war is really heating we're in the middle of the but we are in the cold yeah. war and they don't there's something want going on the russians getting our ship and getting our information so they right. have this sort of like weird tentative alliance between both forces of it's your ships so technically it's u.s territory and u.s property so we will yes. allow you to travel with us but it's our mission but it's our mission and we and get will we get to will we get to pick and choose what of the Jupiter shit, we'll even tell you, right? And they're not telling them and you, shit. And the Americans aren't going to tell them shit about the discovery, right? Right. And they have to kind of have, work together for these dual purposes that are actually maybe the same purpose, but nobody knows what the fuck's going on. And there's weird activity on Jupiter's moon. And they end up finding greenhouse gases and chlorophyll and like <laughs> life on an ice moon, you know? Correct. Yeah. But, but it, so you've got you've got these two like warring te- not warring teams but they're they're not exactly getting along and I do like that Schneider is just kind of Schneider is just kind of like look we're all scientists we are we're all science we just need to work together that goes back to Heim's and then all intelligent characters they're all scientists yes yes and we just and fuck your like he's not you know Roy Schneider is not like fuck your country he's, well he's actually kind of like the fuck same both time countries. he's like because he's like he, that's exactly he it. like their asses aren't up here we're up here yeah it's us if and we then, don't work together we'll die so fuck them yeah fuck them but then we get word that it's all hell's breaking loose on earth buddy and this is the Russians and the Americans wrong idea uh-huh what if you went in a hypersleep right you're you 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 go on an international mission with a foreign country. And everything's fine when you leave. Things are tense, right. but you're going to work together. Yeah. Right. You go to sleep. They wake you up early out of out of stasis. And now your two nations are on the brink of World War II or World War III yep. and total yep. nuclear annihilation. Yep. And you're trapped in a space. And you're stuck up here other. in space. What, and what the fuck do you do? With people that, like, you know, they're not bad people. They're, but no, but now they're your enemy. They're correct and i'm I, uh, the whole time i'm like why has it, and why hasn't anybody taken just that piece of this movie and made a movie out of it this is your home away from home we share everything up here Welcome. here we're one whoa we gotta get up now guys war has broken out below and we were told to take the iss by any means necessary the Russians got the same orders as us. We're evolved species. Um, Crimson Tide or whatever, which is like, what side are you on and what side is right? And, you know, there's two ways to look at this situation. And well, then it gets to a point where it's just like, look, we got to get out. Or basically, Ghost Dave says, you got two days and you got to go. Like something's coming. Something wonderful is happening. Tell you, but if you stay here, you'll all be killed. And you gotta, you, well, yeah. Get Anytime somebody out. says something wonderful is happening, I was like, "Hey, brother, we gotta go." Yep. Like this does not. This is not going to be wonderful for me. He's like, "You have two days," and he's like, "And I will not be permitted to be able to speak to you again." And so it's like, "What the fuck is this guy?" Yeah. What are these exactly. monoliths? And then you hear the thing again. They're like, "Oh my god, it's full of stars." They're full of stars. You're like, "What yeah. the fuck?" Again, yeah. just as. Just he terrifying. turns up to the space baby directly in front of the shutter's like his reaction is oh. he's like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> we gotta go. And I do like that he talks to Helen Mirren. He's like, Look, well at that point I, they both get orders from their countries, and there's like the Americans have to go on break it off. The discovery. 
Yep. And they're going to stay up on the whatever, the non, the Nostromo. And the bridge right. between the ships has got to be blown into space because you can't really. They don't want to. You can't talk, can't can't talk, to, talk each to each other. Right. And I do like that Schneider is just kind of like, this is dumb. Fuck it. I'm going to space like, walk the, over to the other ship. Fuck him. And the only <laughs> way we're going to get out of here is we got to work together. Yep. Your Your ship will give us the power that we need to get our ship because neither ship earth. has the fuel for to make the right. trip back to earth but if we but if, they but if you together, use your fuel then get back to earth. we can get it Which we can is, make it and we got to get out of here in two days okay this is basic screenwriting 101 joe it's hitchcock to a, to but a team. what is the what's what, what what's at stake here right the conflict on earth is that these two sides are going to annihilate the fucking planet Right, right, because because right. fear and antagonism, they're incapable. These superpowers are incapable of working together because right. of fear. The same thing is happening in a microcosm aboard the ship. Right, they're afraid of each other, but if they do not work together, they will die. Right, right. something's going to happen; and they'll die. The only way that they can live is by working together. The movie never stops to go and look at the camera and go, the only way we'll live is if we all learn to work together. <laughs> it, that's, that's the true. message it's delivering. Yeah. Even the end message is like, all these other worlds are yours, except for this one. Don't ever come here. <laughs> Stay, away. Stay away. And so right. whatever these monoliths are, whether they're a piece of alien technology, whether they are aliens themselves, whether they are God or a God, the gods or a God or a device that God sends off to create stuff. This all basically becomes like, I, I, the, like the end tone, the end tone of this movie is like, wh whoever, whatever is like, I'm kind of sick of your shit. That's exactly what the tone is like. Y'all are squabbling down there and about to nuke each other into oblivion. So I'm going to create another sun. <laughs> Boom. And I'm going to create another planet and I'm going to start this whole thing mm -hmm. over and you're going to be able to see it. <laughs> uh huh. And basically it's like, it's almost like God is, if you want to use God, it's like God, is, God's like, I have moved on. I'm done. I'm done. Like this, this little, I'm this little experiment over, over is no longer working. And you will always right. be reminded that you are the fucked up experiment. Correct. And if that does not bring you together for world peace and humble you, because that's the point. That is the whole thing. Then point. you have you will absolutely fucking destroy yourselves. But you I'm not letting you bring that mess all up here. So No, you stay down you there. Keep your that. nukes down we'll, there and we'll start <laughs> right. over over here. That's it. That right? And you're all I are mean, either gonna I, learn I, to work together or you're gonna destroy yourself, but I'm out. <laughs> and I did and I, yeah. And I do feel like Scheider kind of that's that was his role is like, look, I know yes. that yep. it's bad down there. I get it. Yep. And I know that they're telling us we can't work together, but if we don't work together, yep. we're going to die. And I don't think any of us want to die. Uh, you know, I want to get back home and see my wife and son. Like I, it, it, you and know. you're talking about in today's political climate. It's like, I don't, none of us have any control over what our governments are doing nope. or who's bombing who, or who's spying on who or this, that, whatever. But all of us want to live on this planet and be able to mm -hmm. have kids or take the kids that we have and take care of them or our pets or ourselves. I want to live the longest, happiest, healthiest lives we can. That's and right. No matter what's different in our culture, our 
beliefs or ideas, the, the alcohol we drink, whether you're drinking whiskey or vodka or no alcohol at all or whatever, everybody just wants to be able to live and enjoy their life because it's so short and so fleeting. So it's fuck whatever our governments are doing. The people themselves, you need to unite. That's the message of this movie. That's exactly, which but is a very different ever, from 2001. No, it, nobody ever looks at the camera and goes, and that's why the you know the, it's uh, it's all the family. It's, you're right. right? Yes, you're and if right. This movie was made yes, today. They'd, right. they'd be long speeches where the characters would be like, "Oh, well, the way we heal change climate change is by coming together." And like it's like it never does that. This movie never no, preaches. It's, it's never pre- it's never preachy. There's not one moment in this movie that I feel like, God damn it, like they're hitting us over the head with it. Even though it, the movie, I, it's never preachy, even though essentially the movie ends in the Garden of Eden. Because when it, true. when it goes back to that moon and it's a jungle and life mm-hmm. is starting to form in it and in, mm-hmm. in the middle of the water, the model is just sitting there and you know it's looping all the way back to 2001. 2001. Where it's like, yep. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. It's... Okay, I, here's another thing. In this movie, they put a second sun in our solar system. I don't know what that would do because they're like, because they, they even say there's like nothing good. There will never be perpetual night again. There'll never be dark, complete. Like there will be night, but it'll never be completely dark on Earth again. That doesn't seem like, great. <laughs> no, that seems that seems real bad. This seems real bad for us. I think we that need, seems real bad. <laughs> I think we need utter darkness. I don't I don't need it getting dark at four o'clock in the afternoon. No, but. But you also don't uh, want it to be like little... twilight at four o'clock in the morning or <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. No, I do not. I don't. I don't. I don't live in Alaska for. A reason. I feel like our circadian rhythms would be fucked. But also, uh, luckily, luckily, I work nights, so mine's fucked anyway. Whoever or whatever's night. behind those monoliths doesn't give a fuck, obviously, about us anymore. So <laughs> no, no, does not give a shit. Yeah. At all. I. I but yeah, this movie's I, great. I I don't think it's great, but. I di- man, it it really did cement Roy Scheider as like this quintessential. Um, because it's well, are you saying it's it's great on this list? Because I do think there are there's stuff that I think is better. There's I think there's better stuff on this list. But I also after watching it, I was like, God damn it! Like that's a. It, what I mean by I, great I is a, I don't mean it's one of the all-time great films. I what I really mean is it's it's a very solid watch. It's a very solid. I think it's. A, I think it's. A, I would give it a solid B. Yeah, yeah. I I, I give it a seven point five out of ten. But it's a uh, I strong seven point five. I give it. I it, it is my, it's my number five. This is your worst of the week. It's so like that's the thing is like I don't even think it's the worst right like this I is think my number it's, two. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit what a what i gave it a 5.25 but i'm just i'm just trying to like gauge it with everything yeah, else because yeah. i don't i do not sorry my i forgot to turn my alarm off um this is a tough list like the last time i got a brought to this goddamn show it was not a tough list. <laughs> uh but like yeah. i think that out of these five these five movies are all pretty spectacular like they're i i it's hard to pick up if I could list them all as, as like eights across the board. I oh, would. buddy, I just, uh, there's one that's not spectacular. We'll get to it. Um, but <laughs> something I, mean, I caught this number. time that I'm probably just a dummy. So, but I caught it this time and it was, yeah. Okay. We've got earth on one side. 
Yeah. We've got Jupiter and its moons on the other side. And we've got yeah. these spaceships in the, they're not really in the middle, but they're in between the worlds. Right. One world is being created and the other is on the eve of destruction. Yep. And it's like, and these human beings are in, in between the middle of birth and death and creation and annihilation. Okay. And that is really our existence as human beings, right? Like that all the time, we're constantly in between birth and death and, and, and creation and annihilation as nations, as individual people, as families, as whatever, as business, whatever. And also on top of that, it's like, there is something so incredible happening in outer space in this movie. Oh yeah. Right? Like, yeah. 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 Utterly fucking bizarre. Yes. And the people of earth know it's happening, but can't stop their fighting long enough. There's a miracle happening in their midst. Yes. Like, I, again, I don't want to go the religious route with it, but, but for lack of better language, like the hand of God is creating new life in our galaxy, in our solar system. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In front is. of your eyes, tangibly. And you can't stop long and enough. And they cannot stop f- fucking with each other. We are so petty and so so animalistic. We were like the apes with the fucking bone in 2001. Right. It's like, yep. oh, I found this thing. What is it? Oh, I, it's a tool. Nope, it's a weapon. I'm going to I'm I'm smash I'm it. Sma- smash and bludgeon. Like, we cannot stop bludging one another long enough to see the miracle that's right in our backyard literally if you just look it's up. a sign in the fucking heavens <laughs> you're, this information just, is being relayed up. to you through your the, the right. spaceship you're getting these images you're getting these readings you're getting this data and they're just like well you, you know in the midst of all that you're like well you can't talk to them dirty russians what the fuck <laughs> it's just, but without ever saying it it just shows you how fucked up our priorities as people can be. How blind and this, and this we is, can be. And this isn't even 2023. This is 40 years ago. It was 2010. <laughs> That's true, I guess. But yeah, it's not what right. it came yeah, out, though. I know. I, it's, so this is a 7.5 out of 10. It's my number two. It's five for you. And what was your score? Uh, for me, it was a 5.25. But again, that is not indicative of, of how good this movie yep. is. Yeah, totally. All right, it is time for a first watch for me, I believe. I, I think it's oh. my first complete watch. I think I've seen this in fits and oh, starts. Okay, and okay. when I went into the, the streaming app, it said I had watched it. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> but uh, I was talking about 1986's Running Scared, which currently has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. They're calling it the best cop film since Eddie Murphy went to Beverly Hills. Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal are a dynamite screen team in the best buddy movie in years. Bingo, a rat-tat-tat comedy. Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal in one of the hottest comedies of 1986, Running Scared, rated R. Now playing at a theater. This film was directed by Peter Himes, of course. It was written by Gary DeVore and Jimmy Houston. It's a triumphant return of Billy Crystal, last heard in Monsters, Inc., Triumph Return of Joey Pants, last seen in Bad yeah. Boys 2. Triumph Return of Dan Hedaya, last seen in Ransom. And I think that's it, but there might be more. Okay. Um, 
This film was released June 27th, 1986 on a budget of not available, which is sort of odd. It made $38.5 million. You have a synopsis for this one? I do, actually. In one of the craziest casting choices of all time, Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines are two Chicago quick-witted cops trying to take down a drug lord, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, by, played by Jimmy Smith. I, I, no, I feel Jimmy like Smith. We've of, had to have seen Jimmy Smith. You must have. Is he in Phantom Menace? And he, yeah. If he's in that, then he's... No, I don't wait. Know if he's in that. I don't know if he shows up until Attack of the Clones. That's a good question. Uh, it, whatever. Jimmy Smith. I've, I know he's been in something. So that's a try for a it, I have seen this. I have kind of in the same boat. I know I've seen this movie. Yeah. Uh, I The elevator scene is something I've I've always remembered. I know I've I seen couldn't that. Remember, I know I've seen the end shootout. But I couldn't remember if I was thinking police story or... That's, buddy this man i'm right there with you the whole time i was like somebody watched hong kong action movies when they oh yeah this, this and if you haven't seen police story feels like police story do yourself kicks. a favor yeah yeah right exactly if police story is a holy shit like it's amazing um but like <laughs> this cast is insane is so weird i wish i tried to look up and see like who maybe was originally attached to this that it was that's somehow we landed on billy crystal and gregory hines and i couldn't find Dick. two song and dance there, there comedy was, guys now gregory well like gregory hines i think had more range he did a lot more different stuff than billy was doing at this time billy crystal yeah but the thing that i would say about billy crystal is even though he's when he dies he will be known for basically being a song song and dance guy right yeah the thing about him is um, I think he did broad comedy and stuff, but when mm -hmm. he was on soap as playing yep. one of the first openly gay characters on TV, he did sentimental heartfelt drama stuff too. Even though that was a comedy show, it was a parody of soaps. And he had moments in this too, but even in like fucking city slickers, he's got drama yeah. moments. And I, yep, I yep, think yep. that Billy Crystal, when he was dialed in was just, pretty good at whatever you gave him i think that's a fair statement i i think it's funny that they cast him as like an italian guy that's kind of funny but it, it was weird <laughs> but after a little while it just didn't as costanzo it just didn't there was never a moment where i didn't buy him as this 80s version of a cop no, and, and, it is. It's or Heinz. Heinz. And I've seen Heinz play a cop. Heinz. Heinz. I bought more so than Crystal. I I bought Gregory really? Heinz as like I did only because he just had some that extra gear that lended itself to like that slick eighties, uh, smart not smarmy like smart ass cop vibe. Did you know that he Gregory Heinz who left us way too soon. He yes. demanded the only way he would do this movie is if he had sex scenes in it. No, I did not. That's not real. Yes, it is. And here's why. Because black men were never allowed to be seen having sex in any movie. Oh, interesting. And so I don't know if this is the first one, but I believe it may be the first movie where you gets, actually see a black man, one, have sex, and two, he has sex with white women. He wanted to be seen as a Black man a who was symbol? a cop who in all these other cop movies they had sex. 
why that's would true. he have a sex scene? And that's he fair. fought for it, and he got it, and he had he has and what two or three sex scenes in this this movie. He, he gets laid a lot. In and this the movie. thing about this movie is okay. As I would say, oh, this is true of almost every Peter Himes movie. The movie is one. It's true of Peter Himes. I think it's also true of what movies used to be too. His movies just kind of used to be able to meander a little bit <laughs> and just and just hang out for a while. Yeah, and so this is another yeah. one where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, we're we're just kind of getting to know these characters, and yeah, they're shaking down Snake, who's Joey Pants, and that kind of leads them to Julio <laughs> Gonzalez, who's Jimmy Smith. But the Jimmy Smith. Yeah like drug lord like question mark like you said plot of it all but like it's yeah on i don't and know off. that he is it's kind of on and off he's like a drug smuggler <laughs> i guess but like make him in the beginning of this movie he's not like the boss he's just a guy who's like making deliveries by the time we get to the end of this movie he's like the dude yeah he is yes yeah, you know, and I was like, "Well, what, where, what happened? Yeah, did he get promoted? He got promoted his, real that fast." Whole storyline is, it's like it's there the whole time, but it's kind of on and off, and then, and then the, this movie does something fucking remarkable. And and, and the, the, the thing that reminded me the most of this is something really bizarre: is Three Men and a Little Baby. Okay, because you have the main plot line of that, which is where the hell did this baby come from, and who, and which one of these bastards is the dad? <laughs> yeah, sure, and sure. The movie sure. kind of just drops it for a while. And then it becomes a whole drug, <laughs> drug uh-huh. lord thing. And she wasn't really, she's leaving the baby, but she was actually really leaving the drugs. And I'm like, this becomes this whole thing at the end. <laughs> um, and then it becomes about the baby again. And, and I'm like, man, movies just used to kind of be all over the fucking place. And, they did. And because it was, it was a really about the characters. and It was really about writing dialogue and scenes and getting the character. And so, and it's like, yeah, Jimmy Smith is kind of in it and they're kind of chasing him. But when we get to the cop cliche of the angry police captain, it's like, you're off duty. You're suspended for two weeks or whatever. Uh-huh. We then go on the suspension <laughs> slash vacation with them. With them. Yep. For the full two fucking weeks. Yep. And all of a sudden it becomes a vacation kind of comedy about them like, 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 in Key West. And then just like, you know. And it, then it, they it, retire. Uh-huh. Before, like, in the, around the halfway mark of the movie, they're like, we don't want to be cops anymore. Why the hell would we want to be cops in Chicago? It sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, wait a minute. I know there's a shootout, in, another shootout in this. I know they got to come back I, around Jimmy Smith's. Does Jimmy Smith's fall into Florida? I was just like, are we just going to be in Florida elevator. for the rest of this movie? <laughs> it is such a weird moment where they do. Yeah. The Dan Hedaya is like, that's it. You're done. Like you take, take some time. You got to get out of here. So they do. They, they leave. They leave Chicago. They go to Key West. And they're just and I do like this transition scene where you think they're in a bar in Chicago yeah. and they walk outside and it's sunny ass Florida. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they they do their thing and they find some women and some ladies and uh, they're partying on the beach and they're doing all the, they're like, why? Why would we ever go back? Why would we go back? And I do like that Gregory Hines is kind of like, you know, if we don't do anything, are we really as good? Like if if we just kind of quit and are we Billy running Crystal, scared? Yes. Are we running scared? Yeah. And Billy Crystal's like, I have all this money now because his his grandma no, his died aunt. and he gets and like this. That's the other his thing. Aunt, yeah. The Peter Himes movie. They go to a family funeral and then he's got a one aunt there and she and it's whatever and so we we, we get introduced to Billy Crystal. We spend time with him as the Costanzo. 
We meet Costanza's right. extended family. We meet Gregory Hines, his ex wife, love interest, his his ex uh, Costanza's ex wife. Then the, it turns out the aunt is dead, and then we got a whole comedy bit between the executor of the I estate. I like that bit. Yeah, and he thinks it's a lawyer. Like, I like that bit, and I like the bit with the other aunt, where she's just kind of like, I don't know what she ever saw. Yes, like, I don't know either. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? And then and then you're like, why why did we spend so much time on this fucking funeral? And then it turns out he was left money, and you're like, okay, what's the money for? And then they drop that for a while. And then they did. And then they get down to Florida, and he's like, "Well, I got that forty grand. That's enough for a down payment on the. You take part of your pension. A bar. We put our money together, and we'll buy a bar. Which is what well, obviously that was a part of the joke too. Is a lot of cops. What do you guys? A lot of cops back in the what day. What else would you guys know how to do? Bars, right, retired cops. Right. Oh, it's still like that. Yeah. And so yeah, when Dan and Day is like, "What do you guys? You're retiring? Huh? What are you guys gonna do? Open a bar? You know, because they're cop and they're cliche. Like, eh? Yeah. And they're like, eh? just look at each other. And I'm like. I didn't mind it, but I'm like, this movie is not structured in any way like a modern movie. No, no. He's definitely, Heinz is definitely doing his own thing. This is not just about the plot. It's about these characters and the world that they inhabit. And the plot happens off and on. (laughs) But yeah, you got Gregory Heinz. Yeah, Gregory Heinz is, is I'm sorry to use this term. He's a fuck boy. Yes. He's just so. trying to get laid. Yes. He's just trying to get laid, and that's fine. Where you've got Billy Crystal, who is definitely still in love with his ex-wife. His ex-wife is now moving. They're just on. giving long ass scenes of just talking about their feelings, yep. and I'm like, "What the fuck is and she, this?" And I do, and I like. I mean, I think the scenes between them two in the apartment is so good, where they're just kind of going back and forth, and you know, I do like that she's kind of giving him shit about growing up and like it, the way that Himes has framed that shot is you've got her like in like a doorway yes. and then just to her left is like just figures or like bobbleheads, bobbleheads or, you know baseball like shit arcade baseball game. stuff kid yeah shit. so it definitely like hammers kid shit and yeah. there's a divide there's home a, that the, they're all in this um uh it's not quite like a bookcase or something but it's like a shelving unit and so there's like, yeah. he's on the other side, almost of the shelving unit. And so she's literally yeah. in a doorway, right? Like you said, framed by a doorway because mm-hmm. she's metaphorically out the door. Yep. But she hasn't left really yet, even though she's engaged to somebody else. She wouldn't want to fucking she hasn't be left there if she still right. didn't care for him. Right. But he's on the other <laughs> like, side of the room yeah. and there's all this bullshit between them. Yeah, yeah. that's bullshit. I like, I like the. Exactly. <laughs> and I do. Communicating it's, something without having people have to fucking spell it out correct yes. you don't have to ha- you don't have to have her say look at all this shit you're such a child you know like, like you just, we you see just it. Nailed it perfectly because that's exactly what it would be today right look at all these yeah. bobbleheads you love baseball you're more a, than you love me yeah right you're a you're a big you're child. a big man child look right at the camera. yeah i guess i gotta grow and I up do, I, and he doesn't no. like he he really has no growth other than like well, no, hey, but that's really also you. part of that conversation that they're having because she's because because like there's all this stuff about her that annoys him and vice versa and and they're, they're they start getting into this like argument and she's like well, what about this and he's like because he he kicks it off and he's like this guy sounds boring and you don't like you're not boring you're not boring. She's like, I've had right. not boring. You were. Ne-. He's like, well, I was never boring. He's like, I know, but she's like, I've had that. I want boring. I. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, you won't be happy with boring. And they get into it, and the yep. realization is, is like, as much as she resents his 
in maturity. That's also why she fucking loves him. Correct. Correct. But they don't I do like have the to line spell it like, out. It's just them talking to each other. It's just them talking. Yep. And I like the line where he's just like, do you want to finish this conversation in bed? And she was like, Wah! she's like, yeah, no, I got to get out of here. Right? No, Cause no. He's almost. Got yeah. Her. Yeah. Yes, yes. She, yeah. He's yeah, she's that's exactly crazy, I, but that's also why he loves her. She drives him insane. Correct. She drives him insane because she's, she's crazy herself, but he's also crazy. But, and that's what he likes about her. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically the, 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 our, our, our copper buddies uh, also, you cannot make a cop movie like this ever again oh they just beat just the, the shit out of people just beat the shit just i mean okay and they're t- yes beating the shit out of people and yeah it's it's yeah now i just don't it's it's a shame because at the police station <laughs> <laughs> and they're like because oh, yeah, I, there's a I, new I, softer gentler police force we're not supposed to beat up on witnesses anymore cracking people yeah but they're like um, but fuck that and they just start beating the shit out of them oh there's all kind of yeah, like jokes right. about police brutality and it's all over and you just I don't think yeah, you no. unfortunately you'll never be able to make a cop movie. I don't know how you make a cop movie in 2020. Well, the whole attitude of this movie is basically like a lot of people don't like us beating up on suspects and <laughs> stepping on people's necks and what a bunch of wussies. Like that's, that's right, Billy right. Crystal and Gregory Hines saying that shit. That's our protagonist. Dan Hedaya is like, you can't be, this isn't the old days. You can't be doing that shit anymore. You can't be doing that. And we're not, we're supposed to be like, oh, that old curmudgeon. We're supposed to be cheering, <laughs> laughing with them. Right. In 2023, you're like, no, you really can't you, do that anymore. They don't, when he's doing Miranda rights, they they make a joke out of it. He's like, oh, you got that. I was like, buddy, that whole case would be thrown out because you never read the guy's actual fucking rights. You're going to be a smart ass. read him his rights. You dummy. Because uh, no, the, there is a the chase. Miranda rights, when he's like, um, when he pulls the gun out and he's like, you, yes. you have the r- r- right to remain silent or something like that. You have the right to you have the right to fucking die when I pull this trigger or something. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's not. Wait a yeah. minute. If I know even, anything, I think it's Joey Pants who's saying rights. that. Too, I think and Joey Pants is like, he does. you can't talk to me like that anymore. I've got rights. He's like, you only have the rights I let you have. I'm, I got your. Yeah, I got your rights I right got here. Your or whatever. Rights. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's a ch- there's a chase scene in this holy movie. Shit, buddy. That holy is. Shit never be made it is again. on the level never no be made it is again. on the level of blues brothers like how they got away with this i kept looking and kept in, going is this a miniature is a no man i they can't figure it out like what we're talking about is there is a very long extended chase scene yes that eventually gets on if not the, the actual l they built a fucking replica of it but it's in chicago yeah in the, they filmed it in the wild, and they've got two practical vehicles. They've got a cab and a limo. On the fucking elevated train, the L. And they're shooting. I don't know how. High-speed shootout chase on the mm-hmm. L. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out. I thought. And it's in wide shot, Joe. It's in wide shots. That's what I'm saying. It's insane. <laughs> there's a scene, though, at the, the when that when that chase ends. Uh, I think the way the camera is, I'm almost positive that those cars are have like they're being pulled. Um, well, I think they've also the wheels are like train yes, wheels. Definitely, yes, 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 yes. yes yeah, yes. and I think you can kind of see that at at the end of the chase yeah. sequence. But it's crazy that this is like it. I mean, 
I think 80% of that chase sequence is on the L. And it's a long chase sequence, man. And it's long. Yes. It's very long. And I remember thinking, I was like, man. It's just long, wide shots of these two vehicles on tracks, sparks flying, chasing each other. Yep. As the rest of Chicago's going about its business, I'm going, it's like, how'd they even happening? get that permitted? I d- that's what I'm thinking. It's like Blues Brothers, where maybe they didn't. They had you to. Know, and they just, uh, I they, don't think you're wrong. No but chance that anybody would ever be able to do this again. No. And that's, you know, it's funny. I One of the things that I do really miss about me, like the 80s and 90s are my jam. The 70s, 80s, and 90s. Like those those action movies, like Action Jackson and shit. Like I mean, I love me some action. You got to put real people at uh, risk. That's the secret sauce. You ha- you have to. And I you know I just saw the trailer away from them. Yeah, you have to. You need to make sure that people catch on fire. Um, so I, I, it sounds callous, but that's that's the difference between believability. You can watch a dog shit movie from the eighties, and like. But when they flip when a they car, flip car, that car you're like, shit, there's somebody in that car. There's somebody in there. It's a stunt driver. <laughs> Somebody's drove and flipped that car. Stuntman Mike. Fl- uh, you know, or Mad Max, that guy. And that's scary yeah. as hell because that wasn't actually supposed to happen. And that guy fucking somersaults in a position in the fucking air <laughs> 30 feet. You can't recreate well, that digitally. I, there's nothing when, you'll ever be able to I, do to recreate that. I know that the Death Proof gets guff. People, A lot of people don't like that movie. Yeah. I love I love that movie simply for the end when that I mean, that's yep, that yep, is yep, yep. Zoe Zoe Bell yep. on the front of that yep. car on a real yep. car driving down a real yep. street like that. Holy At shit. High speed. If I'm sitting in the theaters in 1986, I've, I've seen so many fucking car chases and so many cars crash into fruit stands because in the 80s that was a cliche <laughs> lots of fruit there's stands. so many fruit stands yeah uh, yeah right right I, that this this probably would have been like well at least it's novel because it's on the l but it wouldn't have blown my socks off but in the 40 years since this movie was made i'm sitting yep. there with my mouth open going this will ne- this will literally never happen again i can't imagine no a scenario if we if in which if this happens it's going to be all cg all digital. the whole thing the will be cg it, 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 yep. the, the city skyline would be digital there wouldn't be a yep. real yep. object in the fucking frame and it's like no. i can't believe this and i was like if you took this scene plucked it out and dropped yep. it into any marvel Winter movie Soldier. dc movie yeah. batman whatever today people would be shitting their pants going oh my god it's one of yep. the greatest action sequences ever made yeah but it's just sitting there and running scared yeah right in this random you know lower b tier action movie cop buddy cop movie did we not get running scared two or three or four because the next year lethal weapon comes out and just like fucking demolishes i think that's exactly what happens lethal weapon comes out and it's like, holy shit. This is my third for the week. I give it a 7.25 out of 10. Oh, that's so weird. It, it's my second for the week, and I gave it a 7.25. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a movie that did produce a bastard of a franchise. I I, I just found out. I didn't, didn't know. There was a TV show of this and multiple movies. I had, no, movies. I had no idea. Did you know it was based no. on a comic book? I did yes. know that. Of course, we're talking about yep. 1994's Time Cop, which currently has. What's your guess of what this thing has if you don't have it on your page? 
I don't have it on my page. I'm going to guess that this has... Critics rating. Critics rating. Rotten Tomatoes. Aggregate score. Ooh. Four? Four point two? No, they don't do points, Joe. They do oh like 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. Oh, I'm going to say then it's a... How many people? Have- 45%. It's 42% approved on the tomato. Oh. It's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. You're really close, man. That was really fucking close. Ten years ago, they killed his wife. It's the big deal. Point it, hold the trigger, and boom, somebody dies. There's still time to save her. Time travel. Stay here, Walker. In my future, you're dead. Murder is forever. Surprise. Until now, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Time Cop. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 16th. All right, this film was directed by Peter Himes. It was written by Mark Verhayden. I think that's how you would say his name. It is based on Time yeah. Cop by Mike Richardson and Mark Verhayden. So at least the guy who wrote the, at least half the team that wrote the fucking that's thing true. The movie. That's true. Uh, it's the triumphant return of Jean-Claude Van Damme, last seen in sudden death. It's the triumphant return of Scott Lawrence, last seen in the social network, who has been the voice of Darth Vader in the video games since the 90s. Who was he in the social network? I don't know who he was in the social network. But I know oh, he's in Social weird. Network. Okay. And okay. Bruce McGill, who's one of my favorite character actors, who was last seen yes, he is. way back in Cliffhanger. Um, this film was released September 16th, 1994. On a budget of $28 million, it made $101 million oh, to man. become the most financially successful Jean-Claude Van Damme movie of all time. Yep. It makes sense why he got sudden death. Yes. What's your synopsis here? Yeah. Uh, JCVD plays a police officer charged with policing the integrity of the timeline. When his mi- when his wife is murdered, Van Damme says, screw the timeline, and he goes back to save his Four wife. Four stars. Do you know what this movie, do you want to feel real, real old? This movie what? celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. Can I tell Time you that I think years old. that I think Van Damme might be my favorite oh, God. 80s action star? Get out of here with that. I'm From serious. Like Jackson, Jackson, I, that makes sense. <laughs> no, okay. Here, here's the, where it does make sense. What Van Damme was physically capable of doing. Yes. Other guys were just muscly. Five. He's doing the Van Terminator. He's doing the five star fuck <laughs> splash. He's, he's doing, doing so many splits. You know, but but, he's but so in many all splits. honesty, like not only was he fucking shredded most of the time in incredible shape. Yep. The agility, the mobility, the flexibility, the martial arts prowess to be able to do fight choreo on screen, not a bunch of crazy fucking edits. Very, yep. very impressive because Stallone could never do that. Schwarzenegger do absolutely he could, could never do that. Nope. Um, so, yes, I I, I I, get it. I, I Van Damme, in my... Van Damme was not as charismatic as Stallone, is, or, or certainly not as Schwarzenegger. I, you're absolutely right. Definitely not. But when I go back and revisit like these eighties action flicks, kickboxer, blood sport, time cop, um, hard target sudden, like all those are yeah. the ones that I tend to go back to the most yeah. because I do. I think he, he is, uh, insanely fun to watch. It's very true. Like, and to watch him move. And cause he does, he moves like a dancer. Yes. Like I, and I think he is, probably one of the more graceful yes. yep. um you know bruce lee to me 
doesn't move like a dancer. Like Bruce Lee moves like a fighter. Yeah, very much. So. And he's crisp and he snaps and like everything that he does has purpose. Jackie Chan moves like a dancer. Jackie Chan yeah. when he when Jackie when Chan he moves performs like, um, Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton. Absolutely, yeah. but still will beat the shit yeah, out of you. Right. Uh, and Van Damme to me moves very similarly on screen. Uh, man, I love this movie so much. I've not seen this movie in a long time. Yeah. Uh, when it first came out, there's probably a good year or two year period where this may have been my favorite movie of this era. It was not my favorite movie of all okay. time, but it was probably like, this is one of those movies that I fell in love with uh, when it first yeah. came out. This was, I was in the height of my Taekwondo obsession, oh, yeah. training, comp- competition team, as far as being a kid. And um, I'll just send you a video of my kid in a karate company. Nice. Just just smoking dudes. Not I mean, she's kicking them yes. in the face. Like I just put that I could do <laughs> I could do splits and uh, split kicks and and basically everybody wanted to be Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay. Oh was the goal. I mean, you had the turtles and yes, Van Damme. Correct. Right. Like and that it was, was come it on. was the idea was like we you know, they they used to have these split machines, which they kinda still do. You don't see them as much anymore. Mm. You'd put your legs in it. You'd sit down. You'd put your legs in it, and then they had a crank in the middle, and it would yep. force your hips open, essentially. Uh, it's not great for you, and I have hip problems to this day because of it. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. it was like, it turns out uh, those are doctors don't recommend putting <laughs> yeah, yeah, young you children's do tendons <laughs> into a fucking crank machine. And don't turn those into, like, worn-out rubber correct. bands. Yeah, it's not, it's not a yeah. good idea. But... <laughs> no. Um, so I revisited this movie. I was like, man, am I even going to like this anymore? Because it's been a while since I've seen it. Sure. I'm going to say a bunch of stuff about it. I'm listening. I got a lot of questions. I, there's a lot of questions to be asked. Here's the part that makes zero sense. Okay. I'm, I'm following just, along. Just one a part? former Nazi scientist who helped mm-hmm. us get built the rocket ships. Okay. That, that's kind of mm-hmm. real history. That makes sense. Goes mm-hmm. on to develop time travel. Correct. Under the United States oversight. Correct. The agency who is overseeing him is like, this guy might create time travel. That We got real problems because mm-hmm. somebody could go back in time. And in fact, we think somebody already has because. <laughs> like. Huh. Right. Ron Silver's like, who? What? Yeah. What? Who? The U.S decision is then we're going to create a covert time policing force instead of just destroying the technology forever (laughs) well why not what if we need it absolutely fucking destroy this technology and shoot (laughs) this guy in the fucking head and end it well they do kind of do that no because we never see the scientists who made the technology that white so who's who's the the guy that ron silver shoots not him palmer's the guy his Parker or whatever is not him. Parker is a business oh. partner who does like uh, they call it coldware instead of software. It's coldware. Okay, like, okay. He, he basically invents. It's not quite the silicone chip, but it's like they were saying like he's going to invent something that's going to replace silicone microchips in the future. And okay. Ron Silver okay. was a partner with him in the early days, but the business wasn't doing well, and so he cashed out. But if, had he not cashed out, he would have owned the tech world and sure sure have been sure. a billionaire which feeds into his presidency and also would have given him some control because they used the tech for the time travel. there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of weird 
stuff that happens in this movie that's like very oh, eerily okay, similar. That, we're getting there. I got it. I noticed it. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, the white supremacist party. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, the guy was yeah, like, the, uh, the, I'm the, so wealthy. The, I don't have po- less than a special interest. That's why you need me to be president. I was like, what the fuck? The, but it was the, the the guy who was like, oh, you're you're pulling very well with the uh, pro-life, pro-death penalty Buddy, people. I was <laughs> sitting there watching this, and I thought to myself... This this motherfucker watched Fast and Furious and thought that those trucks. You know that story, right? Where he he no. he watched Fast and Furious, a former a Who's former he? president. Oh, and was like, yes. "Are you telling me that they have vehicles that are so fast they can get across the border and there's nothing we can do about it?" And he wanted to create a division of Border Patrol that was all oh. souped up, whatever, because he watched Fast and Furious and thought it was real. <laughs> Leader of the free world, ladies and gentlemen. That well, he was, or maybe <laughs> we'll, that's true. We'll see uh, where we'll see where we ain't in good shape. I thought to myself, I go, did this motherfucker watch Time Cop and be like, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do? His entire I'm gonna go back and, I'm gonna, is Ron uh-huh. Silver's Time Cop platform. It's the same thing. Like, what the? It's fuck? the same thing. It's the same, and it worked. You stole the 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 the, the plot from Time <laughs> it's, Cop. It's the uh, what was the oh? It's Office Space. It's the it's the plot from Superman Three. Is it? It's just Joe, like, <laughs> this man became president because he rented Time Cop from Blockbuster in nineteen ninety four. He's like, I could do. I that. could do that. And he did. God and damn. He did. And he, he and he did. Anyway. I, let's get back to the movie. It doesn't make any yeah. fucking sense to me that they would just let, rather than control the technology or destroy it, let's just police it. How? Uh, How would correct. you police it? Yeah. Here's the other thing that doesn't uh, make sense. They, if you if you have this technology can, that can somehow detect disruptions in the space-time continuum. Yes. You would not remember what the past was. Here's to the, be able to go back and tra- set it back to where it was. And I know that for a fact by the rules of this movie, okay? Because yes, when Van Damme does it, uh-huh. uh, nobody remembers nobody it. Fuck, both times, nobody fucking remembers. So but, how okay, you know okay, so I'm glad you said changed? that. But wouldn't, okay. Bruce McGill's so like, like he you're goes, my best friend? I don't know you. And it's like, <laughs> what? Right. But wouldn't, okay. At the end of this movie, when he thwarts the assassination of his wife yeah. and he goes back. Well, that, okay. That's wouldn't, half-assed clever. Wouldn't Mia, wouldn't Mia Sarah remember it? Yes, she would. But, and then but she doesn't act and, as and, if she remembers any of it at all. Yeah. She, she should, should remember, remember everything. No, because, because she, that, that's her time. She, yeah, she never traveled through time. So it's all the same to her. Yeah. No, but also where the fuck has he been for 10 years? Presumably, there was a different version of him that was there, and okay, the timeline. There was a convergence point where okay, but the thing is, he will have no fucking memory of the last ten years of that kid. He doesn't know that kid. Well, that's the thing. That kid comes running out. I was like, man, you missed ten years of that kid's yeah. life. You're a piece that, of shit. He, he, and also, dead. that kid's really fucking <laughs> weird because he's like, mom said you're gonna barbecue hot dogs. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, you don't barbecue hot dogs. That line. 
That well, you can't you grill hot dogs. hot dogs. You don't barbecue hot oh, dogs. Oh, fair enough. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, you want me to grill hot dogs? Look, do you, have you seen this weather, brother? You ever? Like, it's cold yeah, out oh, yeah, yeah. He's just like, <laughs> uh, like something really went wrong in an LL Bean catalog. Yeah, what right, right, right. This vest thing that he's wearing <laughs> is it inside out? Yeah, well, easy, like, Marty Mc, easy Marty McFly. Remainder clothes. Just like the scraps <laughs> of fabrics from a, a Eddie Bauer. Just put it all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't have the budget. We ran, we ran out of budget. Yeah. It's so strange. And that's the other thing is like the, this time I was like, there should have been a wink. Like there should have been something to God. I'm going to quote fucking men in black three of everything. But, but in men in black three. Yep. Okay. Yep. Will Smith goes back to the present. But it's an alternate yes. present. Tommy Lee Jones does not know anything. Doesn't know that whatever, whatever. They go to the diner right. and are still kind of grousing at each other. And then Will Smith just kind of says something to the effect of like, "Wow, well, you know, there are things I maybe I didn't know, and therefore I couldn't have thanked somebody. And had I known them, I would have thanked them sooner. Something like that." Yeah. And Tommy Jones just gives him a knowing look of like, oh. You did some shit. Well, yeah, it's a knowing look of like, you're the version, you're, 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 you finally remember what I knew from the 60s, right? Right, right, I re- right, I right, met right, you right. at this point, but the younger version of you hadn't traveled back yet. So like, we finally have met each other again, right? I'm an old man Correct. now, and you're the guy that I originally met when I was a young man and you were whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. So right, we're finally yes. at that point, and he's just sort of like, oh, I was right on time or something like that. And there should have been something like that to where she acknowledged. She needs to give him like a nod yeah, or a that wink. He, or... The reason why he, well, he's clearly discombobulated is she, where she recognizes it like, oh, this is the point where he lapped back or whatever. Comes home. I, it's, the, it's like that scene in Hook when uh, the, the chubby one was like, oh, there he is. The and like, one, you know, the little one. It's oh, it one. is the little one. You're right. There, there you, you are, Peter. Peter. Yeah, there you are, Peter. Some yeah, reason. some. I don't know why. Because because he figured out who he was during that. That's before because Robin he figures passed. out. Here's our question for you. Oh Joe. yeah, yeah. Where's yes. the sled go? I. That's a great question. Does a I thought the same rocket ship <laughs> disappear to, when, but they come back <laughs> on it. It shoots them into the Stargate. <laughs> They walk yep. out of the wormhole. Yep. They walk back in or 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 fall into the water or something. Like, there's no rhyme the or reason because they have got the yep. fucking garage door opener to the space time continuum in the pocket. <laughs> that thing was bigger than a beeper. Why the fuck is that thing so big? It was. That was a massive. Yeah, was like, you yeah, got the don't, don't you step got on the that return button, and he brings out a fucking answering machine out of his pocket. But I do think it's funny that like Ron Silver has. Yeah, he's got like a small like Zach Morris phone on his hip. But like Van Dam just like pulls his badge open. He's like, beep, boop, beep, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ron through. Silver's got a fucking answering machine inside of it. It's a time. Yeah, dilation. right, right. And then <laughs> they walk back to the wormhole and they're in the ship. Yep. How? I don't know where I don't know where that ship that that's one of those weird things that like you have to believe that when the DeLorean hits 88, the DeLorean doesn't vanish, and then you just it does walk not. into the You're gonna see some serious yeah, shit. Yeah, the lone pine. Mr. Peabody's yeah. tree farmer. You just Marty didn't just walk into the barn. No, he just ran over. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a good I did think the same thing. When he when they go through, I don't like I forgot about the rocket ship because we hadn't seen it. I mean, you know, he's just walking back and forth between he goes and throws the guy off the route. Well, I guess by the way, tries to save the guy. Awesome. What? The stock market crash where the guy where they, the opening scene did, when that dude hits that car. Okay. The opening scene where they rob the Confederacy with fucking machine guns. That's good. That's fantastic. I liked it a lot. Because you're like, yep. what the fuck kind of movie yep. is this? It's like, is this kind of movie? Yep. Time travel, bitch. We could do anything. Time traveling. You can do all these crazy And then guns. on top of that, the the start, like people are throwing themselves out of the building because of the start crash, except for the time traveler, because yep. he can buy stuff for pennies. He's yeah, he's be buying a like an oil company in, for in 50 years. <laughs> he just can jump ahead. Great right. shit. But I I love that like when there's a there's a I don't know what it was. It must have been a dummy. It had to be a that dummy. thing hits when, that fucking car, buddy. And it, the head bounces mm, like destroys the whole, that yeah, fucking man. Model T. That yeah. is a that is a that's an 80s trope of people going through cars great. that I will never get enough of. It's get so good. Stereotypical Irish cop. Oh, Mother Mary. Oh, Mother Mary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. Uh, yeah, it's very strong opening this movie. He'll never, he'll never see a brighter day. <laughs> I got another question for you, Joe. <laughs> yes. Is it strange that to me, Mia Sarah is the wife from Time Cop and not Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? That okay. So yes, that is strange because I immediately think of Sloan. I don't ever think of her as Sloan. I think of her as the wife. From Time I Cop. always think of her as Sloan. No, I do. I but like you know the real Sloan thing? and I, Burn Notice. I never watched Burn Notice. I it was I good. Fucking hate Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, well, that's why. The sad cop who comes home to watch his dead family on video in the future is in what One other movie? Tropes. Uh, is it RoboCop? But I guess they're not dead. Uh, sad cop that comes home to watch his dead family. And repeats the lines word movie. for word as they happen in the video in the future. Uh, oh, what Minority is it? Report. Is that his, his wife's oh. not dead, but the kid is. And so he's. He's interesting replay. it's the exact same scene exact that's that's same during scene. the fall that's during the fallow where i was like i fucked up but Cruise. instead of alcohol Brian's he's wouldn't... using some weird like puck inhaler thing but it's the same thing oh man. um but is wait 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 in robocop doesn't he, he goes back to the house the house is for he sale he goes back and there's a digital salesman there and he's having flashbacks that's what it is you're right you're right but they're yeah. not dead yeah okay another question for you last this, question yeah. Old yeah. Macomb yeah. No, travels back in time to keep himself from being bought out of a computer company so he can have more wealth in the future. Yes. Right? That's the whole purpose. Yes. Yeah, the, he's gathering he's gathering money for a president. The older campaign. him says the younger him, like, rip that check up. Don't cash out. Right. You're gonna stay in business, you're gonna stay a partner because you're gonna be filthy fucking rich. Because this right. guy's gonna invent cold wear. And we're all going to be whatever, whatever, right? Before that scene is over, old Ron Silver, uh, Senator McCone, mm-hmm. puts a bullet in that guy's head. He does. How the fuck is he going to invent that microchip, you dumb son of a bitch? Well, it, didn't, it hasn't been made yet. He just said, I found a new round of oh, financing. Wait, what's, I'm buying you out. What's he trying to get? Doesn't he say, go grab the module? Or is he talking about the little time He's device? Time device. He oh. fucking went back to keep he screwed the himself. Business. But here's the thing: the movie forgets it. 
Because when he goes back, when Jean-Claude Van Damme goes back in time, after that scene, it still says everything. It still says Parker uh, McComb. No, data. no, 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 it, it doesn't. Does it say McComb data? It says McComb but data. Parker's the guy who invents the shit. If you kill him before he invents yeah. it, what are you going to do? Oh, that's pretty, that was pretty dumb on his part. How did he become this a billionaire? Is, so here's the thing. I don't know. He fucked it up. Now my brain is like trying to like run. You're right. The, though. I think I, it just says I, Macomb data link or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when they go back and, and Bruce McGill is like, what do you mean? You're my best yeah, friend. Yeah. If you're my best friend, Wife's you would do this. is salty. And he's like, oh, I guess I do. Know you. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm on your finger scale. How many fingers is my wife? That's pretty yeah. different. Bruce McGill movie. Well, Bruce Willis movie, but head or gut. That's my favorite. That's what I, I love that line to this day. And last action here is my wife. Yeah. On your fingers. It's when he Bruce McGill in last act, not last action, last boy scout, Bruce McGill is fucking Bruce Willis's wife. Oh my God. And have you not seen last boy scout? Not a long time. Um, this is the best movie of the week. I give it a 7.7. Absolutely. Five, uh, <laughs> I gave it an 8.5. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make any sense. John Clan Van Dam can't act, but boy, can he kick. He does splits. He's all caked up. He's got cheeks. For I got to tell you, he's clapping f- cheeks. He's doing. Splits. He is clapping cheeks. I don't think I've ever. This is the first time I remember seeing Mia Sarah naked. Mia Sarah is naked, naked. She is naked in this movie. And Back she when and, we and had I, dignity as a country and God actresses and actors, we see the bare buttock of, an, of a completely <laughs> caked up. John Clint Van All Damme's cheeks are so fucking thick in this movie. They are. He has got. They are perfectly the chiseled. Juiciest butt. They are perfectly chiseled, seen. perfectly muscular, <laughs> but they don't look too firm. Nope. Soft, tender, nope. well shaven. This is when the stuff he that does, only fans is made for. That's exactly right. Specifically, when he does those splits up on the counter, cheek, cheek, peach emoji. Oh my god! Juicy. Take a bite. <laughs> gooning. We're gooning over Van Damme. That's the other scene I always remember from this movie, is him doing the splits up on the counter and then little short shorts. And his... Uh, it's the, it's like a fitness it's like an Instagram fitness model. It's a thirst trap. It looks like it is a thirst trap. I don't need real spoiler dick juice. I just need that. Let me eat it. And he would let you. And then you no he wouldn't. Then you throw in Mia Sarah, just titties hanging out. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. All over it. I'm like. like this is what movies are made for. Gen Z, this is you eight, don't know what 80s, you're missing out on. You don't, yeah. We need big, thick, up <laughs> boys, thick boys. Beef, he is a thick beef boy. Beef boys with their big asses. Yeah, who, like, that camera gets dangerously, dangerously close to be, us being able to see Jean-Claude Van Damme's ball sack. Just like, get if, to fucking on screen. If Let's it, go. It, if it just panned around like that, like like uh, like it was on Buddy, a. Buddy, like I've like seen a Neil Breen's nutsack. <laughs> if I can replace, I've seen, Anna, I've seen Anna H's butthole. What? If you go, if go back, rewatch the Gus Van Sant Psycho. You see her butthole when she goes over the side of the tub. You see her. You butthole? can absolutely see her butthole. <laughs> R.I.P. 
Is that the, is that the only uh, butthole of a dead person you've ever seen? She was alive when I saw the butthole, Your Honor. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Your That's Honor. If please don't your please honor. don't judge me. Your <laughs> Honor. Excuse me, Your Honor. He's, he's the, just a good little boy. The woman was alive when her butthole was seen, Your Honor. <laughs> Everything's funny when it comes from a Southern lawyer. I'm right? telling you, yeah. Matt Gorley from with Gorley and Rust has sold I'm talking me. About Killers of the Flower Moon, Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah. well, okay. Go if you ever get to, go listen to the Matt Gorley. Oh my god, <laughs> was an alive woman. If you if you go listen to Matt Gorley doing the Southern lawyer on the with Gorley and Rust, which is a great podcast. Uh, Don't and plug our podcast as podcast. Get the fuck. Out I'm of sorry. It. I'm sorry. Uh, it's also really good. But and then go back and watch Brendan Fraser's like take. You're like, well, did he listen to with Gorley and Rust? Like, what's he doing? What is happening? He's doing the your honor. He's doing the Lord's work. You leave him alone. He is. Oh, hey, I got no. I got keep no looking at the buttholes of the dead, Joe. That's right. I'm gonna. This well, she was number, alive when I saw it. This is your. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is your number one. This is my number one at eight point five. Hands wow, down. Okay, seven point seven five for me. Let's move on to the worst movie of the week that Joe loves. It's 1997's The Relic, which currently has a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. In a high-tech genetic laboratory, a young scientist will soon confront an ancient principle. Survival of the fittest. Somebody want to tell me what that was? The gradual extinction of the human race. From the producer of Aliens and Terminator 2, The Relic. Rated R starts Friday, January 10th. The Relic was directed by Peter Himes. Do you know who co-wrote this movie? Uh, no. Amy Holden Jones. Do you know that name? Hmm. Why do I know that name? She's the director of the original Slumber Party Massacre. Ah, which I covered on the Slashers 1982 Part Two last year with a separate show. If you've never listened to that show, go find the Slashers. <laughs> Co-written by John Raffo, Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver. If you've got that many screenwriters on a movie that's Bad already news. based on a book written by two different people, mm-hmm. that book is fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that mo- or that movie is fucked, I should say. It is based on Relic, not the Relic, which is the first. In the special agent Pendergrass series, as written by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. It oh, is, weird. <clears throat> hang on, here we go. The triumphant return of Tom Sizemore, last seen in Saving Private Ryan. It is the triumphant return of James Whitmore, last seen in The Shawshank Redemption. It is the triumphant return of Penelope Ann Miller, last seen in The Shadow. It is the triumphant return of Linda Hunt, last seen in Kindergarten Cop, which was a reunion this film with Penelope Ann Miller, who was also in Kindergarten Cop. That's right. That's right. Uh, And this is also, uh, do you know who the M.E. is in this movie? Do you recognize her? The medical examiner, the salty medical examiner. You know what? I did recognize, but I didn't know why. She's Mrs. Roper from the Roper. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I recognize the voice because she never takes the mask off, I don't think. Right, right, right. Uh, this movie was released January 10th, 1997, when it was supposed to be released the previous summer, I think. Oy. That tells you. Oy. On a budget of $60 million, which is a lot of fucking 90s money. That's a lot of 90s money. 
only made $48 million. What's your synopsis, Joe? I'm going to grade it. Uh, in Peter Himes' remake of both Jaws and Alien, a biologist yeah. and a homicide detective attempt to stop a creature from killing all of the Chicago elite. That's actually a pretty good one. That's a real four-star yeah. one. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not the other one down at 3.75. God damn it. You know you're in a 90s movie in the 90s in general oh. when a kid is in a Chicago I... Bulls starter jacket, skipping school, and thinking about going to the arcade. I got notes. The arcade doesn't exist anymore. The Bulls might as well not exist anymore. Starter yeah, jackets cares about them. actually kind of made a comeback and already don't exist anymore. Again. <laughs> like so fucking 90s. Um, this is another example of Himes wanting his movies to be populated with intelligent people who are having smart conversations. Well, Penelope Miller is a fucking idiot. But she really is an idiot in this movie. And she's actually yeah. actively bad in this movie. Yeah, I, so okay. Thanks in this movie. This there movie was Joe, something is so. I knew this going into it because I, I, I. This is one of those ones that's like I know this is no good, but about every yeah. three years I watch it and be like, maybe it's good now. No, it isn't. Well, and this movie is so darkly lit, even when the monster isn't on screen, that it, it is, is there, indiscernible what you're looking at. This film. It is. I think of that scene with the security guys. Uh, the smoking they, pot security guys or the no 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 like the two stairwell. guys that are like in the in the the stairwell guys yeah 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 uh and it's like man even they're like the thing isn't even in here right now no you can't see him and you can't see a thing can't, but they're flashlights right so there is something I wanted to touch on before I forget um Penelope Ann Miller is an actress that had a very specific time when she was gonna be a thing. pretty popular yeah was gonna be a thing right yeah and i was thinking as i was watching it and i was like man <clears throat> there were a bunch of actresses like Buddy, in this like 99 oh that's a lot of the answer to a lot of those women the hollywood system just chews women up and spits them out the shelf life true. to be a woman in hollywood to be a lead actor and not be playing like mom characters or grandma right. characters is very short. That's true. It was even shorter I than that. There's, I th- uh, people say there's less opportunities then, but there's also way more four quadrant movies and way more w- movies specifically for women back then. Mm-hmm. I feel like oh, I feel absolutely, like, I feel like we're are. making less movies for women now than we did even in the nineties. I think I feel like I we get less wrong. female lead. Because, like, Tom Sizemore is in this movie, but it, this is essentially a Penelope Ann Miller. I think they're co leads. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and then they become co leads, but really, we spent a lot of time with her character. They made, the, in the very beginning, they definitely set her up yeah. to be the, the, the main protagonist of this entire thing. I just don't and know that we, I don't know that we're like. Like the roles that like a Laura Dern would have gotten or a Penelope Ann Miller, Gretchen Moore. Who was who there? That was the other one I was trying to think of. Who was the gal from Primal Fear? Oh, Jesus. What is her name? Now you're asking me. No, she was the lawyer. She was the other side of the like. She was the guy. She was the gal who was like working against what's his butt. Laura Linney. Laura Linney. And there's also another Laura one. Tierney who's in that. Movie. Laura Moy- Moira Tierney. Who? Yeah. Uh, News radio, more tyranny. I was thinking, liar, liar, Ooh, liar, yeah. liar. Who's yeah, I'm Jose Canseco. 
But you're exactly uh, the, the other thing too is where we make less movies where there's less characters and where there's less room for character actors. And so there's mm-hmm. women aren't getting lead roles. Women aren't getting um, co-leads in movies because we're not making movies for like adults. And as we say that while while Marvel just put out the Marvels, nobody watched three. Them. That's true. They should have fucking bombed. But um, uh, with three female leads, yeah. But and, and, and you know what? And, I wonder. I, I do bitches, wonder. Everybody bitches. That's what I'm. I'm that's what I'm wondering. Is like just the toxic, you know, all, those, all the fucking basement YouTube, dwelling YouTube incel channels that just do nothing but like go woke, go broke. You put women in yeah. movies, nobody will watch them. It's like, buddy, you won't watch when you them. adapted the relic. Uh, or relic into this movie. The movie's not successful, in my opinion. It doesn't really come no. together. I think the there mod- was nobody fucking picketing the the fact that Penelope Ann Miller was the co lead of the fucking movie. <laughs> right? No, you're totally right. When you put Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson in a movie together, conspiracy theory. Nobody was like, "Well, I don't know. There's a woman in yeah. that movie. I but, don't really like women in my movies, but now they are." Yeah, it's it, and it's not about good. So how the, fucking just, far have we come? I feel we've regressed. We have regressed because I don't, you know, you. We're talking about gender politics during the relic because the movie stings. It's not. Here's the thing: is I don't think the movie's very good. No, but I, when that when that creature is practical, that's a good looking practical. Have monster. you seen it in light? Have you? Googled it? Oh no! Google it. Is it bad? No, it's not bad. But I want you to Google it and tell me. Right. Look at a look at the the relic, whatever. What relic? Any, yeah, creature. Stan Winston made it, or Stan Winston yeah, Studios that makes sense. did. <clears throat> and tell me what you notice about its face. Uh oh. What I I typed in relic creature makeup, and the second hit is what makes a woman sleep so much. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's try that. Because Stan Winston um, Studios or Stan Winston School of Predator or whatever, they've got a bunch of, they got the, they've kept the model and they've got a bunch of. Oh, it's like the Predator. It's the fucking Predator. Yeah. It's a Predator on four Which fucking I mean, legs. I, yeah. This guy, I'm, like, whatever. don't tell me my, don't, I love Stan. <laughs> don't tell me yeah. he didn't fucking just mail that one in. I mean, the, that, it's, it's, it's funny like now. It I looks look, like the predator. It's the predator's eyes. A, it's the predator's say, mandible. It's got. It not only is it the mandible. It's the skin it's tone. The eyes. It's the the giant like slotted forehead. Yes. Yeah. You took a predator. That's head hilarious. And put it on a fucking lizard and was like, there you go. There he is. <laughs> There's our guy. There's Kathoga. I might move Outland up one. I have nothing left uh, to say about this movie. It's uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's not so it's, bad that I hate it. Like, that's where I that's where I fall on it. But it's not so bad that I hate it. It's, but it's boring. I'm glad that I didn't save it for last. Oh wait, I did save it for last. I would put this in the same category as like mimic. Oh, for sure. Or maybe Virus? just slightly below mimic, where it's like we were making these monster movies in the '90s or trying to. We didn't there know. were a lot of creature features in the 90s. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing most of the time. Yeah. Like yeah. 90s in looked, general for horror. It's it it's, is tough. It's tough, buddy. Yeah. You had like Anaconda. It's tough. Uh, Deep Rising. 
Deep Rising is at least is so fucking goofy. Yeah. Because it's a backdoor pilot for a King Kong movie. Which nobody knew. Which nobody <laughs> fucking knew. But the whole thing was yep. Steven Somers trying to get it was like a proof King of Kong concept so that he could get King Kong rights. Yeah. 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 Because that's the end, right? Is they end up on Skull Island. Skull Island. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like uh, well, Anaconda. Oh, Anaconda, right? But some of those movies but, I mean, are like, like they're so bad that you, or or silly so campy you can kind of laugh at them. This one isn't really campy. It's No. It sh- takes itself very seriously. It's very serious. It's not so bad it's good. It's it's not it's not a a, a lost gem. It's this no. kind of a subpar middling movie that gets really involved in the and this is going to sound counterintuitive because this is everything I praise the other movies for. I'm kind of deriding this movie for. But it gets very involved in, like, the genetic research of, like, what is this fungus doing? It's releasing a virus. It's changing the DNA. And it's creating chimeras and blah, 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 blah. When she takes the goop off the floor the and bug? starts to run it through a... Si- the bug? No, no. When the when the thing hits the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, it starts pounding the door and there's, yeah. like, goop under the door. And she starts to run it through, like her dna machine i guess um it's it, it was a moment where i like i completely forgot about the guy in the ship in the very beginning of the movie oh yes 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 and i was like okay i you know what i can actually get on board with like this this spore dn the spore thing caused a, a, a reaction in this guy and it just like started combining all of these different dnas to make one giant monster I was like, okay, I can get behind that. The, and then Okay, so here's here's what I'll give the start of the movie to your point. We meet this guy who's basically Indiana Jones. We don't know anything about yeah. him. He's with this Aboriginal tribe, this indigenous tribe in remote places of the Amazon, and are going through some kind of a ritual and they give him this soup to drink. And he drinks it and he seems to we think they've poisoned him and maybe killed him. Right. And that's it we think okay well that guy died or whatever and then all this shit that he has essentially stolen from those people right yeah right right is being put onto a, a container ship and is going to be set to the museum and then dude's not dead he shows up he's like you gotta get all my stuff off this boat and my thought process there is why does he think that is it like he's seen the error of his ways and or like is it that he's like oh shit like these people are uh, uh they don't say why right there's no reason why he's like oh shit get this off the boat because he's not mutated yet nope i don't think he gets mutated until he gets on the on the ship yeah because he becomes a stowaway because he's trying to right. stop this stuff from getting delivered to the museum why right. yeah why I agree with you 100%. Why why is why are we po- like post getting dosed f- from whatever that was? Why are we freaking out? Cuz the about- book makes it more clear that what transformed him is they took the that fungus spores. That's what that yeah. soup was made out of. Oh. So he is like mixed with like all kind of botanicals or whatever. But the okay, and so the, the premise of the book because I I was like I need answers on this, and so I dove into the book a little bit. That's the, fair. The That's premise fair. of the book was essentially the way that this tribe survived was ever that anytime there was an outside threat, 
somebody from within the community would drink this soup and become allow themselves to mutate and become a monster and then would but that monster has to eat those special leaves with that fungus still on it right to keep going to keep going or it'll die and so once the thing had they would allow themselves to be transformed the rest of the village would hide because this thing would go like on a berserker melee right right kill anything in its path but they would cut it off from the leaf source so it would so it would die so it would die eventually and then they'd come out of hiding and the thing's dead and it's killed all their enemies and that's how they were able to stay isolated for so long and they they believe that transformation Uh, process that was the deal that they talk about the deal they made with the devil was sure right we'll let our children or one of our sons become a monster or whatever to defend us okay not a bad premise and so they they gave him the soup or whatever and on the way the journey back he transformed and they find the ship everybody's ship is dead right um and but like in the movie it's all that is very unclear it's it's not clear at all so they're like like, oh my god this isn't just a lizard spider monster creature thing it's all those things but it's core dna is that guy from the beginning of the movie it's not that oh my god what a shocking reveal because we forgot about him i forgot about that guy yeah there's there's actually a fun line that she says the penebly ann miller says in the beginning which is like oh that guy's such a creep like blech and then later in the movie, she's like, I, I, you know, that she's face to face with this thing and and it licks her. And I was like, that's kind of a fun callback to like, there's parts of this guy's humanity still in there and he's still being a fucking creep. <laughs> yeah, the, I actually I, now that we're talking about it, I love the creature, the creature design, but uh, I'm going to knock this down to my number five. Okay, and I'm gonna move. Well, it's uh, been my number five Outland. the entire time, six out of ten. As well, it should have. Yeah. As well, it should have. Which uh, is, I'm gonna move Outland up to my number four. Uh, I'm gonna give this a. We'll do eh, five point five. I also must add, I'm very happy to be in New Orleans. Wow. They gave me a lovely pair of beads when I got here, and they were not for my neck. But nonetheless, very lovely. It's time for a recap. Coming in dead last for me is the relic six out of ten. Coming number four is Outland, 7 out of 10. Coming number three is Running Scared, 7.25 out of 10. Coming number two, 2010, the year we make contact or made contact, 7.5 out of 10. And Time Cop is my number one added to the yeah. guest list and the short list this week, 7.75 out of 10. Joe, what's your recap? Uh, my number five is also the relic at a 5.25. My number four uh what is is going to be 2010 the year we made contact at a 5.5 and then my number three is going to be outland at 5.75 my number two is running scared at 7.25 and then my number one is of course time cop with an 8.5 next week's episode we rank we rank The highest grossing films of 2004, 10 through 6, which includes Ocean's 12, Julia Roberts, Shark Tale, which is a movie I've never seen, Troy. That's the Will Smith one? I think. You want to hear a fun story about Troy real quick before we get out of here? No. Troy. (laughs) It was supposed to be Batman versus Superman. Oh, Jesus. Which I've never seen. Okay. Meet the Fockers. Oh. 
it's the summer of sequels. And the day after tomorrow, we didn't know how many movies in 2004. Oh, what is that? We what fell off the cliff. All right. Um, is, that, is that the Jake Gyllenhaal weather one? That's the one where they're running. They're out, they're they're outrunning the ice age. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Joe, what are your plugs, real quick? We'll do them real fast. Real spoilers. You know you know the deal. You can follow us. Real spoilers. Real with two e's. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Oh, and I guess you can find me on Twitter as well, at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. All right, Joe, you're going to stick around for our patrons to talk about uh, some more stuff very, very briefly because we were on this yeah. for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to get you to go early. You did, you did. You did. It's my fault. It's my fault. Uh, so thanks, Joe, for doing this. Patrons, hang on. Of course, man. More for you. Till next time. Binge on. Binge on.